Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Plus. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. My choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Living the dream. On a spectacular Saturday, it's Fox Football Saturday. Hartman and Papinga coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Pardon me if I'm a little giddy today, but every once in a while, when <laughs> you, you go right. out, <laughs> you go out on a limb and you actually are right when everyone said you would be wrong you have to gloat a little bit, and that's where I am today, <laughs> Mr. Brady Papinga. You, yeah. you can indulge me a little bit, right? Oh, I think you should do it. You called it, I, and uh, you deserve. I mean, I I was not. I I, I look, I'll say this. I was surprised that Jim Mora got fired. I'm not surprised they ended up hiring Chip Kelly, but uh, 
you had a beat on it a lot earlier than anybody else did, that's for sure. Let's go back to last Sunday, the day after UCLA played one of their better games of the year. They were competitive to the end against USC. My thought after that game was, damn, Jim Moore is probably going to be able to keep his job after that because they looked (laughs) actually good. And then I got to work the next day, and the story came out that Jim Moore had been fired, something I've been calling for for three years. So this was last Sunday. Three years? Three years. It's been at least since the Texas A&M game in 2014 when I first started. That was my first introduction to Steve Hartman. Exactly. I walk into the studio, and all I hear is him... I can't. I, there's a word I was going to say. I might have been had to be beat on that. He was all he was is complaining about how terrible UCLA was against Texas A&M. And oh, Thank they, you. they they went eight and five that year. By the way, I don't care but about still, that. Eight and five is nothing. But still, yeah, you were uh, you weren't happy about it. All right. So on Sunday, this is a uh, November nineteenth, three p.m. that uh-huh. afternoon, L.A. time. Now that UCLA has rid itself of Jim Mora, finally. It's time to hire a real coach and pay whatever it takes to secure Chip Kelly. Don't fail us, Dan Guerrero. Dan Guerrero, the athletic director at UCLA. Here were some of the responses I got that day. Wow, Hartman, I thought you'd be the most realistic one on Twitter. Kelly is not coming. (laughs) Here's another one. Chip going to Florida. Here's another one. You realize Chip is going to Florida all but done deal, and UCLA never pays for a coach handicapped by the state school system. Here's another one. Chip Kelly be out of his mind to take the UCLA job. It goes on and on and on and on and on. Here's another one. Please stay tuned, Steve. Chip is heading to Florida. <laughs> Speaking as a SC fan, I'm disappointed Mora was let go. I believe Carl Durrell is available. Listen, all you people. Chip Kelly is coming to UCLA. It is a dumb deal. I want to thank Casey Wasserman for stepping up. If you don't know who Casey Wasserman is. Yeah, explain it to us who Casey Wasserman is. I don't know who he is. Seems I, like he's I know got a lot Casey, of money, though. He does have a lot of money. access to a His lot of money. His grandfather, Lou Wasserman, was one of the uh, – he was perhaps the most influential person in Hollywood behind the scenes for many, 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 many years, Lou Wasserman. All right. Casey Wasserman's mother is Lou Wasserman's daughter. In fact, he wasn't born Casey Wasserman, but after his parents got a divorce, he decided, I'm going to go with the Wasserman name because well, that has some clout. <laughs> yeah. Casey Wasserman is the uh, head of the organizing committee for the Olympic Games that are coming back to Los Angeles in 2028. He's a mover and a shaker, and I, I, don't, I can't confirm this, but I'll speculate that it was Casey Wasserman. Because remember we were talking about Jim Mora. The no, reason UCLA would not fire Jim Mora is they're not going to swallow $12 million. million. Yeah. They that swallowed $12 million. And I think Casey Wasserman had a lot to do with them swallowing the $12 million. Here were the people. It had nothing to do with Dan Guerrero. Dan's an endangered species these days because you got to get things done. you got to be able to bring in quality people if you want to take the next step. That's right. So Casey Wasserman and Troy Aikman was brought in. Troy Aikman, How about to uh, sit down with Chip Kelly and say this, and this is, and I, I want to get your thought on this. Here was the difference between the Florida and the UCLA job. I will readily admit the Florida job is a better job. It's a more prestigious football program, considerably than UCLA. But I disagree with that. But go ahead. Go but ahead. here's here was your the moment. Deal. Well, time, this is this Steve. was this is because they won national championships in UCLA. And it doesn't not. mean anything. But keep going. But, keep but going. here's 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 what it came down moments, to. Yes, Chip Kelly, as we know, is a control freak. He wants total control of everything. He even did this in the NFL. Yep. He didn't hesitate. One year into the NFL, I want control of everything. Yeah. 
So UCLA, well, UCLA. Eh, I'm, tell, I'm telling you what happened. That wasn't UCLA, really the story. That's UCLA. Just, that's just sort of how they the progression with the right. Eagles is. He we all know that. Control. So let's just chill about. Let's just hold back the reins on that one. Chip he's, not Kelly. As, he's not as big of a control freak as you're making him out to be. I'm just all right, well, that's but he, fine. Is, he likes to be involved well, in everything. He is going no to question. have. He is going to have total control. I mean, of the UCLA you're, football you're program. Could have sound like Chip he Kelly is such a control freak. He tells his wife or whoever is girlfriend what to marry. Or what care. to wear, what what you to know, eat. I Nick mean, Saban is a crazy. control freak, and I like what he's doing at yeah, Alabama. I mean, they're not like control so freaks to the point where Chip it's Kelly, destructive. Chip Kelly realized, at UCLA, UCLA said, whatever it takes. Chip, we will give you everything. You are in total control. Whereas at Florida, he's down there. He goes, why is Steve Spurrier still walking the hallways around here? <laughs> Excuse me, why is he still here? That's not why he chose that. So that's so. That's, he didn't choose it for This that was a no-brainer for Chip Kelly. But he didn't choose it for that reason, Steve. All right. So he now, chose it for one simple reason. Why is that? He knows Los Angeles and the football talent it produces probably better than Jim Mora himself knows. He doesn't. Clay he's not worried knows. about uh, Nick you know Saban why? sucking the life out he of every SEC school these days. Uh, he doesn't care about that. If you go look at Chip Kelly's rosters when he was at Oregon, yeah, I mean, it was like how about when he got California, to Los Angeles, Ant- Los Angeles, Los Angeles, Anthony Thomas. Thomas. Remember yeah, when he got yeah, him, yeah. Uh, who was he signed, was, sealed, and delivered to USC, I'm and telling he, you, he lured he him to Oregon. Knows this place, but and he can get guys. Yes, he, he can. can get guys that used to slip under the cracks. That, by the way, uh, yeah, our guy up in uh, Pullman, Washington's getting right now. Right. Mike Leach, yes. he's getting these, and it's these hybrid running back, slot receiver type bodies. Those are the guys that people are like. You're too small, like you know. When you look at the pro set offensive between quotations that UCLA is running, USC they can get whoever they want. So they they try to go after like all the measurables. And Chip was the guy. I was like, okay, and and it was also uh, Mike Leach. Hey, we'll take those guys. Now Chip's here. He knows that this scheme that he implements, he's going to have a wealth of talent to fit what he wants to do more so here than he ever would have had in Florida. That's why he came here. Do, he let me knows ask that the I, demographics so, I'm, I'm of the auto- listen to this. He knew that the automatic guys he could get are going to fit his scheme perfectly here versus where in Florida, like he was going to have to work. He's probably going to have to come back to think about it. He'd have to go to Florida and recruit on the West Coast. That's just not going to work. All right, I so got, that's why he I came have a here. million questions for him. He didn't this. come here because of control. I have a million he came questions. here because he knows right. he can get guys to fit his scheme. All right, well, I got a yeah. million questions for you. Yeah. All right, let's start with Josh Rosen, who after the USC game and now is everyone's number one pick in the NFL draft. Well, let me ask you this. Everyone's just, got him number one in the NFL draft. Historian, right? Yes. Josh Rosen's last year, five and six. Yes. Actually, his last five and six, six, 17 starts. Mm-hmm. He is eight and nine. Right, yes. When in the last... Hundred years mm-hmm. in the NFL as yes. a quarterback that's become a franchise quarterback that's been successful. Right, finished out his career in college as a losing quarterback. Bart starts last year at Alabama. They were zero and ten. Really? Yeah. Okay. But that's back in the fifties. Okay. I mean, is anybody else? <laughs> he the was last, winless his about, last year at Alabama. The, how about in this this generation? Well, I'm talking like the last. 20 years. But now. you acknowledge now what I'm not telling you is that everybody, after that U- USC game where he was. Oh, I don't think everybody is, but uh, he's I mean, number I, one. I got a conversation with Bucky Brooks and he loves him. I'm like, well, yeah. man, I guess these guys do like him. They don't see what I see. What do you see? Let me I ask, see a st- Jay Cutler in a different way, though. Not right. in a way of, you know, Jay Cutler, his problem yeah. is. Is it Jeff George back in the day? Jeff George is indifference too. They acted like they don't care, and I don't think they really fully cared because they're so naturally gifted. They just right. go out there, wing the ball over the field, and it's cool. If Should it works Josh out, Rosen it does. Should Josh stay one more year under Chip Kelly? Oh, well, I mean, I don't know if it does anything for Chip Kelly, him. would it help him? I don't know. 
it would do this. It would make them look a lot better statistically. And if, because here's why I don't know. Who's going to receive Josh Rosen? That's what this is all about. Who's going to receive Sam Darnold? Who's going to receive Lamar Jackson? That's the key with all these guys. It's not really, you know, like how does your senior year pan out? Because you could go and have a Jared Goff situation where you end up with the team, his rookie year I'm right. talking about, to where you just, they don't know what to do with you and they're trying to squit the, fit this square peg in a round hole and then right. all of a sudden you got a guy that looks like he's just a terrible player. And so, I mean, it, because here's the thing. If Josh Rosen goes to Chip Kelly, lights it up, and then all of a sudden he gets drafted to a team that's like, dude, we're going to do what Chip Kelly did. We're going to obviously add some variations, blah, blah, blah. But that's basically going to be our foundation. Then that would be ideal. So you can't sit there if you're from Josh Rosen's perspective be like, ooh, I better stay here so I can get these numbers and be even more attractive because who knows who's going to pick you anyway. You know, most likely a team that's going to pick him now is going to be a team that's going to try to use him as a traditional drop back passer because that's the key of all the scouts. They're saying that he's polished in the pocket. Yes. I'm saying that he's dirty in the head, meaning he's not there. Well, my mentally. point is then and that's why if, it's like if not gonna work. If your out only knock him unless he is, is that he has this attitude that I'm the smartest guy in the room, so don't be telling me what I already know. Yes. When you if he were to work a year under Chip Kelly and adhere to Chip Kelly's rules, so oh, to yeah. speak. Yeah. I mean, would that make him a better quarterback going into the NFL? Of course. That's what it's all like with Rosen, that that's his red flag is teachability. Right. Is he gonna be willing to learn the necessary fundamentals of the quarterback position? I mean, like if you listen to Tony Rome on his broadcast and you sort of pay attention to wow these quarterbacks, how many variables they have to process in a split second, it's un- unbelievable. And if you get a guy like Rosen who just wants to go out and wing it, it's not gonna work. I mean, I don't care how polished he is in the pocket. So it doesn't matter if he stays a year. It doesn't matter if he goes. If he changes his attitude and he becomes a student of the game, then he could be successful. I just don't see it. I can't predict I can't predict that. I couldn't bring a guy in that I've never seen that from and hope that he changes. That's why, and there's other options too. I mean, Darnold to me, what's his record? I mean, when, is, when has there been guys that have played as well as he had and ended as well as he had that d- their game didn't translate to the NFL? I mean, it's just there are guys, I'm sure you can name a guy, but there's more guys that their game translates than not because they are guys that just know how to get it done when it matters. We're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. We have a lot of coaching stories to get to. Obviously, Mike Riley out at Nebraska, but we're going to tell you why all these SEC schools that are looking for new coaches are screwed. Coming up next. Harbin and Papinga, Fox Football Saturday. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Heads are flying around college football these days. Brett Bielema was fired as he walked off the field yesterday. Uh, at Arkansas after so, uh, uh, home man, loss I mean, to Missouri. I, I, everybody wants to talk about like feelings and you should do it this way and that way. Uh, you know what? Just get it, get it over with. I mean, people know, like if you're Mike Riley, to stand up there and say, I am the man for this job after four right. and seven, yeah. you know the history, all that four kind of stuff. Four and eight, actually. Yeah. Or whatever. Just yeah. get up there and admit it. Say, you know what? I'm probably going to get fired. It's just the realities. And, I mean, I don't know why everybody gets so sensitive no, about this he said stuff. he was going to turn things around just like he did a year ago. Remember, they had a three-game I mean, why not increase. get up there and say, hey, I mean, I'm probably going to get fired, but if they, they're patient with me, 
I can turn this around. I mean, why not do that? Why not admit the realities? What, what's everybody so afraid of? All right. Well, I'll tell you it's what. It's like this guy. It's like, it's okay. I mean, go up to him and say, hey, man, you know what? You did a good job. Pat on the back. We paid you 50 million bucks. And you got, we're 11 and 29 yeah. in the SEC, Brett Bielema. And by the way, that, that blows me That blows me right about our guy about Jim Mora. I yeah. mean, he, he sit there and whined and, and acted all defensive yes. from the criticism he was getting with Josh Rosen's criticism he was getting and right. acting like a victim. Yet he just got paid twelve million dollars to, to walk go out the door on his anywhere. birthday. Yeah, and, and that's not even like considering all the money he made while he was the coach. Yes, and we're feeling sorry for this guy. And he feels sorry. I, for I don't feel sorry for him. I said, why would anybody? They said, well, how do you fire a guy on his birthday? I tell you what, you could fire me and hand me on my birthday twelve million dollars. Yeah, you had it in twelve million bucks. I don't. <laughs> I, I, and these guys are too sensitive. I mean, I get the whole like Link Kiffin tarmac deal. Yes, at two in the morning, that's not cool. Right. I mean. Everybody's like half in a buzz anyway because you're tired. I mean, that's stupid. Yes, this is fine. You can go up to a guy and say, "Hey, man, it's we're gonna move on. <laughs> we know, we, we know, we paid you fifty million dollars to come and help us." Well, out. Especially for Bielema, you could save the they exercise. The that's a lot of work for him to walk off the field. <laughs> yeah, I knew Probably the best that. thing for his health to get out of Arkansas. <laughs> All right, let let's talk about the college situation right now because oh, you've got four openings in the SEC right now. Why are all these coaches being fired in the SEC? Because Nick Saban has sucked up all the air. Think about all the coaches that have been fired in the SEC since Nick Saban took over at Alabama. Been I mean, you go guys that even won national championships. Yeah, yeah. Roll down tide. So you, you look at the, the the carnage right now. So Florida, Tennessee, Ole Miss, Arkansas, all looking for coaches right now. And let's start with Florida. I mean, Florida considers itself an elite program. Like, we have our pick of coaches. Well, they're so elite, they're down 24-17, to 17, soon to be, as there's a pick six that just happened in the, what, yes. second quarter here? So, yeah, against Florida State. That's elite. Yeah, you're talking elite. There it is. Yeah. Boom. Uh, so, all these schools think they're elite. Let's start with Florida and, of course, Nebraska firing Mike Riley because they want their – their son to return, Scott Frost, who has led Central Florida to an undefeated season this yeah. year. Uh, and Florida believes Scott Frost is coming to Florida. That even though Chip Kelly said no, we will not lose out on Scott Frost. Your thoughts? Is there any way Scott Frost says no yeah. to Tom Osborne at Nebraska? He's, he's been in Florida. The weather in Florida is phenomenal. Right. The I mean, there's a lot of extra benefits of being in Florida. No st- state income taxes. A lot of stuff that would sway a guy, his family, because the family is going to mean something too. Like your wife, you want to keep her happy, right? You don't want to just say, "Hey, we're going to the, you know, to, to Omaha," or is that that's where it is? Wait, Lincoln. Sorry, Lincoln, Lincoln, please, which is yes. near Omaha. Jeez. Right. Uh, and uh, and all of a sudden she doesn't want to be there. You know, that's not a happy place to be if your wife doesn't want to be there. So there's other factors involved in this outside of who's paying me the most money, what's the best opportunity. But if I had a Bet on it. Mm-hmm. He's going back to Nebraska. I had a conversation with him a couple years ago. It was when he was with or, uh, Oregon's offensive coordinator. We were in there doing all of our coaches' interviews. I mean, he had some. He had some. You know, phenomenal assistance uh, talking about Kelly. We yeah. talked to him last week at Helfrich, who I'd imagine is going to be his offensive coordinator. I, I would imagine that would be a safe bet. So we're talking to Scott Frost. He's now the offensive coordinator. Helfrich is the head coach, and and they just came off of a beatdown at the hands of Stanford. Stanford physically remember that game well, yes. And I told Scott, I go, how hard is it for you? I asked him, I go, how hard is it for you to sit here and see a team that's a finesse team? When you played on one of the arguably most physical teams in college football history, the black shirts, pound football, I mean, that's just like quintessential power football. He gets up, 
He, or he leans over. I remember he gets up and leans over. He closes the door. I'm like, oh, I'm buckling up for this answer. He's like, this doesn't leave this room. But he's like, yeah, we got to, you got to be balanced. You can't just be a, you know, run up and down the field team, throw it all over and have no physicality to you because the teams that are more physical are going to beat you. Basically is what he said. And so when I look at that and I look at the, because what triggered him was the emotions of Nebraska. Like, that's what got him on that. Because otherwise, I believe he would have given me some coach's answer. So there's a very strong emotional attachment for him in Nebraska. And he's going to he get back. There. If he does take the Nebraska job, they're going to go back to is. their roots. And he's going to go back. Oh, yeah. he's He'll no, he'll run the same kind of high. Because what they're doing at, at Southern Florida, Southern or Central? Central. What, Central. What is it? Central Florida. What he's doing is he is doing a lot of Chip Kelly stuff, but doing it's more like Urban Meyer. It's power football mixed with that. So he's got that element that he talked about, that balance that he had been trying to achieve. So I'd imagine he's going to do that. He's going to spread you out. Still, he knows space is still an offensive friend and just pound you and build his teams around toughness, speed. And, I mean, that's why they're doing so good. They're a complete deep. I, so if I had to guess, he's going back. But, again, the, the wild card is his family. Do they want to stay in sunny Florida? There's only one coach out there that has no fear of taking an SEC job and going head-to-head with Nick Saban. And that's Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin. <laughs> Lane Kiffin oh, will be. Lane Kiffin will be the next football coach at the University of Arkansas. I'm going to bet the bank on that one. Oh yeah. Okay. I think Arkansas is the right fit for Lane Kiffin. Well, I'm going to tell you this: if Florida misses out on Chip Kelly, which we know that he was their guy, right? That's why they made the moves when they did. And by the way, that's why everybody's making the moves there right now. Nebraska made the move. Because they know Scott Frost is going to sign up private Florida if they don't. That's why. Uh, that's uh, why Jim Moore was fired that day because UCLA said we're yeah. not going to lose out on Chip. Exactly, Kelly. and then I believe also Arkansas is thinking the same thing about. I mean, they look at themselves in the same way as, as Alabama. They're looking at like we want Scott Frost too. So that's why they make their move yep. on the field because the decisions have been made. They're going to go after him. But what happens if a team like Florida? Because of all those teams so far, you know, when you talk Nebraska, Florida, and. Uh, Arkansas, it seems like Florida has the most football pride. What happens if they lose out? That means they're going to have to go for broke, right? I mean, they're going to have to get a name that makes some kind of news headlines. Who's that going to be? I would submit Jim Harbaugh. Whoa! (laughs) That's the guy I would. Where did that come from? Oh, yeah. Because he's Jim Harbaugh. He's what they need. Well, I know he's they need, they but how they're going to get him out of Michigan? You pay him so much money. He's making seven million now a Ten. year. Go Ten. for t- oh yeah. You pay him so much money. Saban makes eleven to where yeah. he is. It's irresponsible wow. for him. Now you got this guy. Wow. That goes head to head person because you need a guy personality wise that has to match Nick Saban. Yeah, exactly. No you question. because you can't just go get some little. You can't go pluck an assistant off the. You know, some team. You mean that's the Jim McElwain's of the world can't, can't handle Nick do that. Saban. No. no, you can't do that at Florida. Like in Florida now, right. you are in such a situation to where this has to be like a. It has to rock the college wow, football world. That's amazing. I love that call. Yeah, and I, 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 and I, and that's why Brady Quinn broke this, by the way, on his show with the Jonas, Jonas Knox Sunday night. That Michigan's trying to talk to Jim Harbaugh about a lifelong contract. Like, hey, we don't ever want you to leave for this exact reason. You can think that Jim Harbaugh is failing in Michigan all you want. It still doesn't change the perception that everybody loves about him, which I believe is a reality. They're not failing right now. They're up fourteen seven. He is, if not the best, one of the best coaches available in all of football, and I'm including NFL and college. And so, if you're Florida and any of these other teams that you want to make a splash, you ante up. Would he ever be able to return to Ann Arbor if he walked out of Michigan, especially if they beat Ohio State today? (laughs) 
Especially, what if he announced it as he's walking <laughs> off the field? Yes. By the way, I want to make an announcement to everybody. Yes. <laughs> His post-game interview. <laughs> Hello, Florida. Come on, Gainesville. Well, Here we come. Wouldn't that be just terrible oh. if somebody handed him like a Florida hat and he they replaced would, his Michigan they would, one? They oh, would. Horrible, they horrible. They, horrible. It's horrible. <laughs> Unbelievable. This is the but great they got to do that. They oh. have to do that. I mean, don't, don't tell me you're going to go up to Ohio State and uh, you know get one of their assistants and, and, and everybody's thinking that's going to get it done. This has to be big. Oh, I, I agree a thousand percent with you on the idea of you need a guy. If you're going to take on Nick Saban, that guy has to believe I'm better than Nick Saban. Oh, yeah. You have to have an ego so immense. Jim Harbaugh certainly in that category. He's earned it. Wow, that would be a dynamic That'd move. That'd be fun. And he could he could win there. Florida, you're going to get guys. If, like, again, you got to, if you're a coach, you always got to fi- figure out who's my guaranteed pool of guys I can get. And in Florida, you're going to get the skill guys. And they also get those physical tough guys, too. That's what Urban Meyer was able to win with when he was there. And so I would I would say if you're Jim Harbaugh and they say $10 million a year, you're going to look at that. Well, we have the perfect guy to talk about the future of Florida football, Alex Marvez. Mr. Gator is going to be joining us. We're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. But let's first check in with Mr. Gascon. See what's going on with all the scores today, what's David. What's up, fellas? Happy Thanksgiving or post-Thanksgiving. What's up, man? You still with that little turkey, uh, you know, drunkenness there? No, man. I, you passed on that. I, I didn't even eat turkey. Did everybody know that? I what? didn't even touch oh. eight ounce Don't of turkey. Don't even say turkey. Well, well you know what? I, oh, didn't, really? I didn't see turkey. I didn't see ham. I didn't see any pie because I was right here in the Fox Sports Radio studio. Nobody, what? They so. didn't cater in a full uh, feast Hell for you? no, man. Nobody, nobody brought you a piece of Pecan pie or anything? Listen, oh. the only time they splurge here is like on Super Bowls or like AFC, NFC Championship weekend. Or when like, uh, old Stevie using his celebrityism. Yeah, know, Steve, touches the old Steve crack open the wallet a little bit, man. Give <laughs> yeah. some love to us, dude. Wow. I, I yeah. know you're rolling. Oh, no, he's got, these, yeah, he's got these connections. My wallet's been into my kids' accounts. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, but he's got these connections, man, that he'll just all of a sudden pop up. And I do. Spread. I mean, I, I I do. Can, I'm, I'll have to do that again. Yeah. I'm going to work one of those and make uh, big sure, feasts. Make sure our guy's here, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'll make sure a week in advance everybody's here. Fair enough. All right, gentlemen, lots of things to talk about college football. Action on the field. Georgia, the seventh-ranked team in the nation, taking on Georgia Tech. From the shotgun. Fake it to Chubb. Fromm wants to throw. He will. And it's caught. Touchdown in the middle of the end zone. Running to his left. Javon Wims for the score. And it's 13 to nothing, dog. Yeah, PAT was up and good, so it's 14 nothing there. Number nine, Ohio State and Michigan going at this ballgame is on Fox. High formation now for O'Corn. O'Corn gets the snap. Fakes. Throws in the end zone. Touchdown, Michigan. Sean McCune from three yards. The Wolverines go on top of Ohio State. 13-0. Yeah, it was 14-0. JT Barrett from 21 yards out made it 14-7. Ohio State now has the football with 7-1 to play in the first half. 14-7 as the Buckeyes look to tie this ball game up. Meanwhile, number 19, Oklahoma State pounding out Kansas. It's 34-3 with two minutes to play in the first half. Mason Rudolph, 19-25, 309 through the air and also one TD. And I have to acknowledge it because Steve is here. Rashad Penny. Over two thousand yards yes. yesterday for the San Diego State Man, Aztecs. Yeah, I will. Uh, I will get to him <laughs> a little bit later on. Thank you, David. By the way, we're coming live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save fifteen percent or more on your car insurance at Geico. Go to Geico.com or call eight hundred nine four seven Auto. The only hard part: figuring out which way is easier. Joining us as he does every week, graciously. Sirius XM NFL Radio Sporting News NFL Insider and yes, Gator diehard Alex Marvez Woo! is joining us. Alex, I apologize that my UCLA Bruins have taken Chip Kelly away from your Florida Gators. <laughs> no, I have no apology at all. I told everyone it was going to happen. 
Uh, now Florida is going to try to wrestle Scott Frost away from Nebraska. Uh, what, what is the future right now as far as the coaching position uh, in Gainesville? Curious what plan C would be, mm, right? Yeah. And, and what what direction would you head with plan C? And, uh, you know, listen, I think maybe you start thinking a little bit outside the box as well. I mean, is David Cutcliffe an answer? at Duke, a guy who can score points and maybe have given a larger recruiting base, would he be someone that you could sell? I mean, you obviously have a Peyton Manning tie-in when it comes to him. Listen, that's how desperate I'm getting, okay? I'm trying to just, I mean, I'm trying <laughs> Brady, to just... Brady, Brady, hold on, Alex. Tell him what you got for him. Yeah, Alex, what do you think about Jim Harbaugh? Uh, in terms of doing You go, what? you pay him $10 million bucks. No, You make stop. it to where it's irresponsible for him to pass it up. He becomes Florida's next head coach. Try, try may, if anything, the Colts. You know, and that's why I think Michigan is so interested in getting him locked up. There's a lot of uh, grumblings that I've heard that I picked up this week from people I trust that ultimately Jim Harbaugh will be the target uh, of the Indianapolis Colts when the season is all said and done. So we'll see if that pans out and if they're able to lure him away from Michigan. But one reason the Wolverines are trying to get him signed up to a, to a lifetime contract. Remember, too, I mean, that's a personal thing with Jim Harbaugh in terms of, you know, being at Michigan and trying to get his, his school back on his feet. But I don't think any of us really thought that, wow, Jim Harbaugh is going to spend 25 more years at Michigan. No, it just wasn't like that. He was going to come back, take advantage of a good opportunity, help a program that, that means a lot to him, and then hopefully hand it off to someone that could be a successor and, and keep it you know, running smoothly. So we'll see. We'll also see if they upset Ohio State today. That's a, that's a big-time thing also. So you're saying it's a no. You're not, you don't believe that uh, Jim Harbaugh going to Florida is going to happen? No. Okay. I think Jim Harbaugh, no. I don't think Steve Spurrier is coming back. I don't find an easy answer to what's going on in Gainesville. But they need a big-name guy there, well, Alex. Well, and, and, and keeping with that, Alex, you know, we were just talking about the fact that Nick Saban has destroyed the SEC. I mean, he has sucked all the air out of the room. How many coaches have been fired in the SEC since Nick Saban uh, went to Alabama? No, and you're right. I mean, you were talking dozens, literally, right? Right. And, I mean, the cycle continues. And, listen, what he set up there is a, literally a football factory. That's what you have. You know, it almost runs independently of the university. And people ask, well, why do you have a $600,000-a-year strength coach? Well, the reason is that he's the babysitter, basically, once you know, once the afternoon is over and then making sure the players are working out. And also, you know, you have to have, you know, an emphasis on academics to get kids in and out. But that's the strength coach has to make things challenging for guys, make sure that they're, that they're so busy that they can't run into problems. Nick Saban figured this out, you know, earlier than just about anybody. And it's one of the reasons he's been so successful at Alabama, plus having the pedigree that he does and the success he's had. He's been incredible. And now, ultimately, you know, it'll be interesting to see when all is said and done and Nick finally calls it a career, how many Nick Saban disciples, so to speak, are out there in the coaching ranks, especially in the SEC, because we can count Adam Gase as one of the Miami Dolphins. We can count one, uh, you know, in terms of, of Kirby Smart and, of course, Will Muschamp at South Carolina. All right, let's talk about the Cowboys right now. My man Brady Papinga insisted that Ezekiel Elliott would not be a loss for the Cowboys. First time in Cowboys history, single-digit points in three consecutive games. I agreed with him. I thought, you know, they got their running game going. Dak Prescott is a shadow of his former self without Ezekiel Elliott. How bad is the situation in Dallas right now? Well, it's awful, but, you know, that's the whole thing that's so alarming about this is that the coaching staff knew, you know, wow, you're, you're probably not going to have Zeke Elliott at one point this season for six games. You better have some, some plays put in, a, a philosophy on how to counter this, and instead they haven't. And I know a couple things have conspired against the Cowboys, such as injuries on the offensive line, but I think one concern as well, and we're, you know, of course Jason Garrett and his staff taking the heat, but think about it as well from a front office standpoint. This is a slow 
team at wide receiver and at tight end. You know, teams are willing to let Jason Witten catch the, you know, five, six, seven yard pass by and large. You know, they're, they're not worried about him getting downfield anymore. That's not what Jason Witten is at this point in his career. And Des Bryant is a number two receiver in a number one role. They can't throw the football. And that is leading to problems with Dak, who's also had to run for his life for a few games. But just look at the lack of chunk yards. And that was the thing that Zeke Elliott provided to this team. You know, you could throw him a screen pass and he might take it 85 yards like he did last season or bust that big run up the middle. You're not worried about that with Alfred Morris. So it is a mess in Dallas. You combine that with a defense that's having its own issues and, and just eh, so, 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 so special teams, and you have a team that's going to be around 500 because it's going to miss the playoffs. But you hit the nail on the head, though, Alex. It was all the offensive line. As soon as Tyrone Smith went out, and then they had some other injuries across that offensive line. We all knew that was the, the MVP of the Dallas Cowboys. It doesn't matter if Ezekiel was playing or not. They well, still would have been inept on offense. I, I think playing. Jonathan Cooper had left guard. I mean, that, that was just a bad talent assessment by the Cowboys. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, they just they, they have not had a good left guard, and they move Lyle Collins. I think ideally for them, they get a right tackle next year. They move Lyle Collins back to left guard. It's really where he's ideally suited. I don't think he's all that, you know, and, and numbers show it. I mean, he's just not all that great at the position. He's a left-handed guy playing at right tackle. It doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense when you're trying to stop a pass rusher and you have to reach across your body to use your left arm to make contact. That, that's, that's a toughie for him, and, and it put him in an unfair position. So just some food for thought there. And again, you know, and on the defensive side of the ball, Sean Lee goes down. This, this defense's complexion entirely changes. I understand injuries happen, but you've got to be able to adjust. There's a team in Foxborough that does a pretty good job of that. Not sure how many of the uh, 31 others do, are doing an acceptable job as well. Alex, are the 2017 Los Angeles Chargers going to join the 1992 San Diego Chargers as the only teams ever to start 0-4 and make the playoffs? As long as they don't, they don't charger themselves, if you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> yes. And, and uh, that means that they don't continue to kill themselves Good on job. special teams, that they don't let games slip away in the fourth quarter. You know, you look at the schedule, there's only one team left with a winning record on it, and it is the Kansas City Chiefs in Week 15. And this Chiefs team now, you know, could you imagine not only if the Chargers overcame 0-4, but caught a Chiefs team that was 5-0? and to start the season. What happened? I mean, you're, you've got Andy Reid. What was he, 16-2 and two coming out of bye yep. weeks? Like the king of the byes. They have a bye week before the one-win Giants, and they lose that game to the Giants. They're in a complete free fall. They really are. And look at the, the lack of productivity from Kareem Hunt as well. You know, teams have just figured some things out on this Chiefs offense. And, you know, they adjusted. They threw a lot of new plays out there at the beginning of the year. You know, you remember that, that little uh, shovel pass. That was driving teams crazy. They had some interesting stuff with, with Travis Kelsey. And, and, you know, they just, they're not able to out-scheme you every week. And I think maybe, the, you know, what they did early on, camouflage for some subpar talent at the wide receiver position outside of Tyreek Hill. You, re- you may remember Tyreek Hill, the guy who once scored dynamic touchdowns. <laughs> Hasn't been seen in quite a while, so just want to say that. By the way, the defense not making difference, making plays. Very average group. That's that's dragging the Chiefs down as well. But they gotta they gotta start thinking quickly. Talk about the key Chiefs about putting in Mahomes because Alex Smith has gone back to his. I don't want to make a mistake. I'm gonna play not to lose instead of taking the shots downfield. You know, and that's an interesting question with and for Andy Reid because at some point, if you don't think that your team is, you know, legitimately Super Bowl worthy or can get to that far, then you know, I think you pull the trigger, and I think you get Mahomes on the field as quickly as you can because I, you know, they watch him in practice, and and he's listen. The the thing that his Brady, you'd understand this, you know, especially from a guy in practice who yeah. trusts his arm. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like he trusts his arm to make up for some big time, you know, some throws that he shouldn't be making, and that's that's you know, really playing with fire when it comes to the NFL. I, you know, but again. You're right. If Alex Smith doesn't add something to this offense, maybe just maybe give Mahomes a look, see if he can provide a spark 
down the stretch, much like Colin Kaepernick did when Alex Smith was benched for the 49ers. Tomorrow, Saints, Rams, I guess it's the game of which one of these teams is for real? Who do you like tomorrow? I like the Rams bouncing back, and I think that was a nice wake-up call that they got in Minnesota about how much more work they need to get done. You know, in New Orleans, it's you know eight in a row. I mean, they're they're the first team in Super Bowl era to start 0 and two, and then you know win their next eight games, and that that's a tremendous testament to what they've got going on. But I just get the feeling, you know, with the Saints, you know, a draining game against the Redskins at home, you have to come back down 15 with five minutes left. First time the Saints have ever done that in their franchise history. Now you head to Los Angeles. I just think the Rams are due to get one on that. And, and just to make the picture even murkier, because I really believe in Carolina, their defense is just so good. And I mean, Luke Keekley, I mean, if you want to watch, you know how Tony Romo predicts plays in advance? You know, for the defensive counterpart is Luke Keekley. You just watch where he is, and pretty much the play's going to him, and he's going to make the tackle. So that's how you should watch Panthers games on Sundays. All right, Alex, don't fret. I got one name for you at Florida. Lane Kiffin. Oh, <laughs> there it is. Lane your answer, Kiffin. The savior of Florida football. There you go. You know what we do instead? We don't recruit him like via a private plane or something like that. We send a party bus. <laughs> Alex, great That's stuff as always, one. man. Have a great week. Fantastic. Talk to you guys soon. There he is, Alex Marvez, Sirius XM, NFL Radio, Sporting News, NFL Insider. We're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. I want to get to another NFL team that is also in total disarray, uh, disarray and whether they can turn this thing around. You'll find out who that is coming up next. Harbin and Papinga, great news. Quick way to save money, switch to Geico. Go to geico.com and in 15 minutes you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. I'm just kidding. I, I keep seeing Chip Kelly's face with the UCLA logo behind him. I can't get enough of that. I, it's just, it's, you're to gl- listen to you're all glowing these, today like I've never seen you glow in my, what, three years of working all with these, you? All these you're SEC honks, the guarantee. Chip Kelly yeah, was going to they, Florida. They were just guaranteed he's well, you, going to Florida. You got to be smarter than that, though. And yeah. that's that's Chip. That you got to realize about Chip is he's he doesn't even take the money. No, he always is processing the variables like who can I get recruiting wise. And I mean, to me, it was a no brainer. I told you that too. Remember, I told you like if you chose, I said I, you would choose. You sell. I told you that. By last the way, week. five years, twenty three point three million. I mean, that's not huge. No, it's about $4.5 million a year, of course. But he's getting paid from the 49ers still, I think even from the Eagles still. There, so there's I don't a, think there's a little money coming in. Uh, all right, I, I want to get to another NFL team that's near and dear to you. I'm talking about the pathetic uh, Green Bay Packers shut out <laughs> in their last game. They have, fallen, they have fallen to 5-5. Five and five, They had a pathetic and, outing, And as yes. I said before, <laughs> Mike McCarthy's been exposed hey, in the yeah, absence exposed. of uh, Aaron Rodgers because when you're a head coach – and you are forced to play a quarterback with an entirely different skill set than the quarterback to replace him, yet insist on running the same offense, hoping for similar results. That's a problem. That is a problem, and they keep running the Aaron Rodgers offense for Brett Hundley, and he can't execute it anywhere near the same level of efficiency. Brett Hundley has skills, and they should be well aware of his skills since he's been there for three years. Why is it? that they continuously try to put the square peg in the round hole. Simply because they made a terrible personnel decision in the preseason. I'm going to take you back. Okay. In the preseason, they had four quarterbacks on the roster. They had Aaron, Brett Hundley, Taysom Hill, and then Callahan. Taysom Hill had a phenomenal preseason. So much so that everybody who knew anything about football knew that if the Packers try to put him on the waiver wire to then hide him to put him on the practice squad, he was never going to make it. 
He was going to go somewhere else. Sure enough, final cut down day came. They put Taysom Hill on the waiver wire, say we're going to try to get you on the practice squad. The Saints eat him up immediately, and he's now on the Saints roster. Right. So now you're stuck with Brett Hundley and Aaron. Well, not stuck, but you got Aaron as your starter, and you're not thinking he's going to get hurt. Brett yes. Hundley's your backup. And then you're stuck with Callahan. Yes. As kind of your third emergency guy. But they didn't want. They didn't. They were ready to get rid of him until Taysom went somewhere else. So all of a sudden, you know, the un, the unthinkable happens. Aaron gets hurt. Now you got Brett Hundley, and they're not worried about Brett Hundley. They like Brett Hundley. They still believe in him. They still see a lot in him. That's why they're asking him to do some of the things they're asking him. But the reason why they haven't full full blown said we're going to do an offense that's specifically designed for Brett Hundley is because that means he has to run. He has to expose himself. Their fear is is if Brett Hundley has a hit and they got to go with Callahan, that they. Don't have any trust in that decision. Right now, if I were the so Packers, that is, it is a lost season. If I, if, it's not a lost season. It is a lost season for them. They're five and five. It's I not, would, I would tank back. the rest of the year, even if that's you, not going to happen, and and maybe get yourself a, a prime, you know, draft pick that might help for the future when Rodgers is back. That they need to do is simple. They need to say, forget it. It can't. It, it really can't get any worse than last week getting shut out. Shut out. I mean, Callahan could get in there and get you shut out. You know what I'm saying? So go with it. I've been saying this for a month now. If you're McCarthy, what you have to do is you have to just ride it. You have to create a read option college offense, and teams are successful doing it. You've seen Carolina do it for years. You've seen the the, the Seahawks do it. We saw a glimpse before John Deshaun Watson tore his ACL with the yeah. Texans. You're seeing it with the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, you're seeing it with the Eagles. These are college offenses that they're running. And McCarthy knows he's in that same bloodline of the, the Andy Reeds and the Doug Petersons and all those guys. He knows how to do it. He just needs to do it. He needs to just say, fine, we're going this direction. If Brett gets hurt, whatever, we're going to be good with it. And until he does that, they're going to continue to struggle because you're right. The the square, square peg round hole still going on. It's 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 not going to work. All it's right, just l- not happening right now. But you, when you talk about these mobile quarterbacks, let's take a look at the teams with the best records in the NFL. Carson Wentz. Uh huh. He's got some mobility, but they don't try to run him all that much. What I mean by running isn't Case just, Keenum in Minnesota. Yeah, but eight listen, and two. it doesn't mean that they run like Roethlisberger, Tom Brady. It means that they the move list, him. Drew Brees. Yeah, but that means that they move him. Jared Goff. It means that they move him. They move a ton. Uh, Wentz. Yeah, he's always moving. He may even sometimes he'll run. It, it, he's moving. He's using the the read option. You know, the run pass option that everybody makes famous. They're using that again. It's an, uh, a, a concept that college has made really popular. Now everybody's using it in the NFL. That's all you got to do. I'm not saying go and turn Brett Hundley into a running back. I'm saying let him move, run him outside well, again, the pocket. You're the get guy the pocket that keeps moving. telling me that Mike McCarthy's got a ticket to Canton, Ohio. I mean, he I does. Mean, he's got a name named. He's got a street named after him in Green Bay. He's won a Super Bowl. He's, uh, I mean, but this one of the was most it, winning coaches. But, he, but, in but history again, who made the, who? Green did, Bay Packers. Did he make Aaron Rodgers? Or Aaron Rodgers was, make him. He was already good before Aaron Rodgers got there. And was be, the quarterback that he ended up being. He was big reason why Aaron became that. Because but don't you make an adjustment? I'm, I've been calling for this adjustment. They haven't done it. I don't. The only thing I can think of is that they don't. They're so afraid of Callahan. But like I said, it can't get any worse. <laughs> Callahan, in his worst day, could go out and get you zero well, that's points. That's Ted Thompson, isn't it? Then, if he made the bad personnel, yeah, that is on Ted. And they were very defensive about that. Very, and they know because when when somebody's defensive, you know what that means? Mm-hmm. They admit that they were wrong, and they don't want to admit it. The Packers know they made a mistake. They should have kept Taysom. If they keep Taysom, Taysom at least gives them that security of saying, okay, we can unleash Hunley. 
Because if we have to go to taste and we still feel okay about it. Yeah. But they don't have that mental kind of safety blanket right now. So they're they're stuck trying to, you know, be play conservatively. You can't do that. You oh. gotta let Hunley rip it. And let him go. By the way, you hear uh, Alex Marvez talking about how the strength coach at Alabama makes six hundred thousand dollars a year. Oh yeah, yeah. So if, if Chip Kelly said, "Look, you know Brady Papinga, not going to do it," you know, I'll, be more than happy to come help. I'll out make you or... the highest paid strength coach in America. It. I'm not doing it. I just it. need you to all hang need, out with these guys. All I need and... is is just say, "Hey, man, come give us a little, you know, what you think, some consulting. I'll do really? it for free. For free. You didn't have to pay me. I'll come give you some ideas. Free. Did you hear that, Chip Kelly? The man <laughs> is right here. We're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Unbelievable Saturday college football. How it'll shake out, we'll tell you next. Oh, what a Saturday. What a Saturday. Fox Football Saturday. Hartman and Papinga coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. It's been quite a day already. UCLA got their man. Chip Kelly will be coming to Westwood. Says goodbye to Gainesville. Florida scrambling to find a coach. Mike Riley fired today at Nebraska. They're hoping to get Scott Frost to come home to Nebraska. That means that Florida might be on plan three. As far as their future coach is concerned, Brett Bielema was fired walking off the field by Arkansas. Heads are rolling. Remember when college football was a, sort of a, a safe haven for coaches. You know, you could, you know, you didn't have to win every year, but you know, they'd stay 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah. Those days are long gone. Well, the money's big. You know, big. That's, that's the reason why. And, I mean, I, I, if, if anybody feels sorry for any of these coaches, just put this into perspective. They all got paid multi-million dollars for this. For Crazy Three money. years. What was he, three? And then there's more money guaranteed on that. When, when you're firing these guys, it's not like the NFL terminated at will contract or most contracts. These are, I mean, those contracts, if it's a five-year deal, you're going to see not maybe all the full totality of that five-year deal, but you're going to see five years of that money coming to you like we saw with uh, Mora with the $12 million yes. in the buyout. So these guys are fine. They're set for life. Don't feel sorry for them. It just didn't work out. There, There is, I mean, there is a possibility they can go somewhere else and do just fine too. So the only hard part is moving. That's the thing that's tough. You know, you got to move from one place to another, but still, when you got the $12 million or however many millions you got in your pocket after being in that place for a certain amount of time, it uh, takes the edge off of that. Well, think about this. Uh, yesterday, UCLA uh, playing uh, without Mora. Uh, it was a weird game. They played Cal. <laughs> they uh, played Rosen, Rose, Rosen's playing great, and he got, he got blasted, hit, yeah. but then he, he stayed in the game. Yeah. He finished off the half, and then the coach, Jed Fish, who was just hired nine months ago as the new offense coordinator? You say, by the way, after they fire more, Fish goes, I definitely want to put my name in the ring for the coaching job. Okay. I go, you're going to be in the ring for unemployment. I, <laughs> I hate to tell you this. He's one of those guys that's been through the NFL, college, just yeah. a career assistant, bouncing from job to job. Um, but they, they, you know, they did come back to win the game, which means they're bowl eligible. Let me ask you this uh, before I get to some of the other big happenings today. Yeah. If you're. If you're Chip Kelly right now, UCLA will play in a bowl game. It's a good time for him to evaluate because they'll have that extra practice time, whatever oh, bowl yeah. game they're get, in. Get in as soon as you can get in, This man. Jed Fish guy, though, it's a little uncomfortable because he'll be the interim coach knowing that he has very little chance of being part of the coaching staff. Yeah. that That's weird, isn't it? Yeah, but it's weird, but this is uh, – I mean, it's a lame duck coaching but staff. But it's Jed Fish's opportunity to be able to audition – for right. further you know, for, and that's and why for all the assistants at UCLA. That's for everybody. That's why he protected Rosen. He knows with Rosen, 
being supposedly this top tiered quarterback that it makes him look good. And so if Why he could say that, supposedly he is he's a top tier quarterback in he's this draft. Not. I just I I don't know. I've I I don't know what it is. I've only hung around Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers for I don't know how many practices. Yes. How many times and I look at this guy and I don't see it. I don't see it. Can I get I, Robert in here? I look producer, at Sam Rob? Darnold. I look Rob. at Sam Darnold. Guess what? I see it. Guess Rob, why? Would you explain and I'll, to and I'll, him? And I'll go another. Hold on. I'll go another level here. Bill yeah. Walsh. Yeah. If you interviewed Bill Walsh or listened to him when he was uh, I interviewed about quarterback, yes. quarterbacks, yes. what was his number one trait hmm. that he appreciated in a quarterback? What do you think it was? Coachability. Nope. No, but uh, rolling out, right? being able to throw on the run, think on his feet. What That's do you part do? of it. It was improvisational skills improvisational, and the ability yes. to extend plays. Right, right. That's what that's what it caught him on about Jeff Garcia. That's what he liked about Steve Young. That's Joe what he Montana. liked about Joe Montana. Sure, right. All guys that weren't defined as being, between quotations, polished in the pocket. When you look at Josh Rosen, mm-hmm. his improv- improvisational skills are minute. Why? Because he's robotic in the pocket. He thinks that he has to work in the pocket. The irony there is, is he doesn't want to even respect the true fundamentals of quarterbacking. It's such a, I mean, it's a, it's a contrast. It doesn't make sense. All right, because he's throwing balls. I mean, and and I, and I and I covered the game. I was there live in a color at the Rose Bowl. I'm watching him come back against Texas A&M. A go route. All that means is your receiver is running down the field in a straight line as far as he right. can. He's got the and corner. And he guided it right through the hands hey, of no. the A&M defensive back. I, l- listen to this. All right. He was ten yards behind the defensive back. Yeah. I'm thinking, let's. This is you no, just no, throw no, it no. up. You don't there. get it. He and guess wanted, what he does? He wanted the challenge of throwing it through no, the A and M defender's no. hands to get guess to the receiver. Guess what he did? He, he a back like he falls back like a fade, like a right. like a like a Michael Jordan fade on the post. Did it end up in the UCLA thro- guy's hands? Stop it! And he throws this <laughs> duck. And I'm like, that's the worst long ball I have ever seen known to man. Out of the other blind and pass goes, he threw for a touchdown yeah, in that game. and it goes right through the hands of the Texas right. A&M DB. And I'm like, this is – and everybody's celebrating. Oh, what a great play. Can I get Rob in and for I'm a like, second? No, Rob's been this frothing is not right good. now. I can't Rob is sit here and say right it. Now. And it's, I'm, I, look, I, maybe you guys haven't had this, mm-hmm. but when I sit there and I watch two Hall of Famers up close – right. For I don't know how many times, and yeah. then you go and you throw this guy in there. Yeah. I can't say that they look anything like what those guys ended up being. I'm not saying Darnold is, but Darnold at least has the one thing that even the one of the greatest quarterback developers in the history of the NFL loves, which is improvisational skills, which Rosen doesn't. I'm sorry, I can't go against what I don't. I I, I don't see it. All right, Rob, I hope he proves me wrong. Explain to him what he's been missing all these three years. What has he been go. missing? Here we go, Rob. What well, do you got? Josh yeah. Rosen has learned a new offense every year he's been at UCLA. Thank you. That's so a good you one. can't say that he hasn't done his homework or he's not a student I still can say field. that. I can still say that, but okay, go ahead. But that one. is a good point. That is a Number good point. Number two, that you mentioned yourself that you spoke to Bucky Brooks, and there was an article in the LA Times where uh, I believe Sam Farmer interviewed six NFL executives, and three of them said that set, that Josh Rosen was the most NFL-ready quarterback of mm-hmm. his draft. So that means that the NFL knows how to pick quarterbacks. Why is there so few, then, franchise quarterbacks in the NFL? Well, because there are so, so few franchise quarterbacks. I mean, the uh, elite of the elite what? is a limited list. Uh, I don't believe that's the case. Really? The NFL is the worst organization at developing the most important figure of any organization known to man. They struggle developing quarterbacks. It's not an accident that a guy like Carson Wentz goes to Philadelphia and becomes Carson Wentz. It's not an accident that all of a sudden Doug a Peterson guy— Peterson is a, a genius? He's in, He knows how to develop quarterbacks. There you go. It's not an accident that jo, uh, Jared Goff looked like a complete 
bust and disaster last year, gets put into a good quarterbacking situation, now looks like a potential uh, It is a good uh, example of uh, they the don't know Jared Goff. What's my point? You can, you can, you can bring so in. So maybe he goes to a franchise in, that understands how to utilize oh, the skills that great. he does have. But I'm going to say this. You can bring in all the GMs, and they can all tell me, oh, I want Rosen, and I'm going to look them all in their face, all the guys that don't have quarterbacks that are franchise quarterbacks. I'm going to say, if, then if you know what a franchise quarterback looks like so much – why the freak don't you have one? And why the freak are you looking for Hold one? On. I and their answer is going to be this. Yeah, They're going to be crickets because they don't have an answer. They don't know how to develop quarterbacks. Everybody wants to blame the guy. Everybody <laughs> wants to blame the player. When a quarterback right. busts and I goes belly up. It's all about the it's, system. It's Ryan Leaf's fault. Right. It's, 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 it's uh, you know, uh, the, the recent guy, that uh, disaster, yeah, the little guy, Manziel. It's yes. Johnny's fault. It's all his fault that he couldn't survive well, in the NFL. He, he didn't it's like, help well, his heck, own cause. Well, he didn't help his own cause, but I mean, who's to say if he doesn't go to a different situation? I don't know. If he had, let's say he's gone to the Cowboys instead of going to the uh, – Have we ever heard of Dak Prescott right now? Yeah, that's what right, I'm saying. Rob, uh, would you want to see if uh, Josh Rosen would stay a senior to play under Chip Kelly? No, because I, I don't think it would really help him that much. All right, so no Chip help. Chip Kelly's there. offense doesn't necessarily. But Rob, are you a are you UCLA fan? I am a UCLA fan. Oh, Mike. Well, if he stays, I mean, their odds it would of be, winning yeah, the Pac twelve be better for potentially. UCLA. In, I mean, exponentially. Do you increase. think Chip Kelly could take Josh Rosen's skill set? Obviously, oh, and, and, and and could rattle off a 10-win season. It depends on Rosen. If Rosen wants to learn and be mm -hmm. humble right. and know how to do the RPOs and work on putting – I mean, there's a technique to put the ball in the belly of the running back, reading the defense, and if you read those linebackers sucking up to be able to basically pull the ball and flick it yeah. down the seam, mm -hmm. Mariota is a master of it, Aaron Rodgers is a master of it, Tom Brady's a master of it. I haven't seen enough out of Rosen to say, yeah, he's mastered that. But if he's willing to learn those fundamentals, that's – Great, he'll be phenomenal. I, and I'm saying that about any scheme. The problem with Rosen is I don't believe he's got the teachability element to him. I haven't seen it. I've seen this guy act like he is like the next coming of Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre, which is great to think that about yourself. But until you can actually pull it off, I mean, you're just disrespecting the position. You think you're above the fundamentals. It doesn't work that way. You can't throw a back uh, foot fade pass down the sideline on a go route. I mean, you can't do that. He did it against Texas A&M, and if he didn't get bailed out, I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe they're staying the same stuff. Have you ever man. Have you ever sat down and had a little one-on-one -on -one with Josh Rosen? I have never had a one-on-one -on -one with Josh I Rosen. I think if you sat down with Josh and Rosen, within to. minutes you would be like, wow, this is the real deal. I'd I take I'd it hope, number one. I hope he would. I'd I hope, would trade multiple ones. But my first question guy. would be to him is, why are you throwing that pass? My, my next question would be, against USC, you're in the red zone. I know you think you see single single coverage safety. You're trying to move them with your eyes. Right. How did you not recognize it was not single coverage? Sam Darnold's made some really questionable decisions. Did he? How many turnovers in the red zone does Sam Darnold have against UCLA? Well, I don't know, but over the course of the year, he's made some Thank questionable you. decisions. Everybody, every every player makes questionable yeah, decisions. Yeah, Sam Darnold in the leads red zone. the country in turnovers. Okay, well, does he lead him in red zone turnovers? Those right. are the most critical. We're we in the go Geico the Fox audience. Sports Radio I, studios. Well, hold on before yes. you go to any break. I'm just going to tell you right now. <laughs> those are the questions I'd be asking Rosen. <laughs> and if he can't give me an answer, and I'm going to say this. I'm going to say, you know what? We're going to ask you to retool your throwing motion. What do you think about that? All right. And, I, I'm, and, I'm, and you know, Aaron did it. Aaron retooled it. If you looked at his throwing motion when he was a cow versus when he where he is right now, he completely revamped it and it helped him tremendously. All right. I want to get to another prominent so, college football me, quarterback, whether or not he's ruined his chances at a premier position in the upcoming NFL draft coming up next.
Harbin and Papinga wasn't mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Brady, I want to ask you about Baker Mayfield, who yeah. uh, most likely will win the Heisman Trophy this year. Uh, he's had a great career at Oklahoma. He's had a great season at Oklahoma. But last week against pitiful Kansas, they did something that NFL scouts have to be wary of. So here's Kansas, a 100-point underdog, and they start the game off. you got the captains at the center of the field, and Mayfield reaches over to extend his hand to shake the Kansas captain's hand, and they got their hands behind their back, and they, they you know, stiff them. So he's sort of like, okay, sure, yeah, clap. he's clapping a little bit. Yeah, that's where you want to go. And for the entire game, as Kansas is getting blown out of this game, they're talking crap the whole time. You could see every time he made so walk around. The Kansas captains win shake. Well, they're they're goading him. They're they're trying to get under his skin. They're they're purposely trying to get. We know this first starter, right? You know the history behind that, right? But hold on a second. Let me get get through the story. Okay. So they're trying to get under his skin the entire game in a game that's a blow. It's forty one three four. Right? Yeah, Kansas is terrible. And but you're thinking, well, well, well he's not going to take the bait, right? I mean, this is a this is a walkover <laughs> game. He's not. Gonna and yet he, he takes the bait. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden, I mean, when you're the Heisman front runner, yeah, the cameras are on you all the time, grabs his crotch, drops F-bombs, makes a fool out of himself, and you're you're like, really? And so his <laughs> coach, Lincoln Riley, said, you know what, I'm sorry, man, I'm going to have to not start you in your final home game as a senior and yank your captainship from your final home game. But let me let me move forward here. So as okay. far as the NFL is concerned, Mayfield is a is a is a lightning rod because of his size. Some people downgrade him, but they look at his efficiency. I've heard everything from late first to third or fourth round pick. I take but him the, over uh, Rosen any day. Well, I know you would, but Mike, let me ask you this: day. Is that a warning sign that if a Kansas team can get under his skin, that and he and he's one of these kids? Remember, we saw him tackled by police during the off season. <laughs> He he's a loose cannon. Yeah, I don't I don't mind loose cannons though. You but don't. That's why I work with you, Steve. I know. Thank you guy. very much. But uh, <laughs> yes. No, I mean it, it's he's immature. He's emotional. I mean he's a young kid, and that's how I look at it. But uh, I wouldn't think it's a but the maturity cause of factor. Concern. Johnny Manziel, Jameis Winston, some of the immaturity they show the college ranks. That's it's every kid, head in the NFL. To me, it's like that's that risk is associated with almost every single guy. In the draft. Yeah, but if you I'm have a, 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 a pattern of behavior that goes beyond yeah, I mean, just but, a certain level of immaturity, that will carry over, right? Oh, no question about it. And that's why you got to do your research. And that's why when you're in the NFL, you got your scouts, you go, you call up his high school coaches, your high school teachers. Right. You know, people that maybe wouldn't even vouch for him. You hope to maybe even reach out to some organizations, whether if it's church, you know, uh, other extracurricular things he has going on. Heck, you talk about you talk to the trainers. How did he cheat, you know, treat you and things of that nature? This is talk what the Chargers police. ignored twenty years ago with a guy named Ryan Leaf. The yeah. warning signs were there; they, they were ignored there. him. Yeah, but that's that was part of the learning process. I mean, right now more than ever, teams do a good job of figuring out guys and what they're getting into. Right, and I, that's why I say, it. I mean, most of these guys do stupid stuff like this. Just some are what more documented than others, and that's why when I look at it, I don't think there's a greater risk. You don't? Baker than, let's say, Josh Rosen. You know, I just look at it like, you know what? These are two kids. 
make stupid decisions. I'm sure Josh is behind closed doors, made dumber decisions than these. I mean, this to me isn't like, oh my gosh, this is like a make this this just breaks it. I I can't I can't evaluate this guy. Yeah, anymore. but you, you don't think the NFL player look, if you know you can get under the skin of somebody, especially a quarterback, you're gonna do it, right? I'm not worried about that. To me, it's more like in critical points of the game, how does this guy respond? Right. How does he keep his composure when all of a sudden, you know what, he throws a pick and it's a bad pick, or all of a sudden the momentum shifts. And now you're fighting against that momentum. How does he? That's to me more important than. All right, so he gets goosed into you know somebody getting under his skin. He's got an ego. Fine, they all got egos. They, you know, we all right. It's good. It's it's well. It's he's got healthy. a chip gotta, on his shoulder, ego, and he does. But I, to me, I looked at it like if you're gonna go to a guy like that and you're getting killed like that, and in a competition on a, in a competitive world, you want to send that team a message like, how dare you? That's like a it's like disrespectful to the game itself. To act that way and not be able to back it up. That, to me, is the problem. Because the, what I was going to get to when you tell that story, where this all began of not shaking hands, right. was the you. If you watch that documentary, Winston Moss, right. uh, Hightower, those guys, Alonzo Hightower, those were the guys at the U when they were facing Oklahoma in Miami with Bosworth that started that. By the way, the, just to follow the story. And they the backed story, it up. They Can, backed it up. The Kansas captains that were disrespectful yeah they also were stripped of their captainship by kansas yeah i mean they they this well, were, they were you, on a mission be, early on you, to show to get under the work. skin of baker and it worked it did not work because you do it to win the game and they weren't even close baker was sending a message like how dare you disrespect me because you guys don't even have enough salt to back up your own between quotations like gamesmanship mm. like at least have some of that at least if you're going to do something have some respect for yourself and back it up, or at least believe in yourself and back it up. They didn't—they weren't even close. It was a joke. So he made a mockery of the game. He made a mockery of themselves. So that's why, I mean, to me, like I don't like that he did the gestures he did, but I don't mind the way he responded. It's just, I'd say, dude, you can do that. You can go, you can call them out for being idiots all you want, but just stay away from being, you know, uh, like trashy about it. Stay out of the gutter because there's ways to do it, man. You can talk to him after the game and, Say, how did that work out for you guys? Not shaking our hands. It really got us intimidated, didn't it? Uh, to the point of uh, us beating you by 38 points. I mean, there's ways to call these guys out. I just think so that the Johnny Manziel situation where a lot of people said, well, he's so talented. Forget all that. That's that just being a young kid. And he, it carried over. It did cover. And maybe no. it would have been different problem, had he not been drafted by Cleveland. No I get that part question, because I'll tell you this. What made it worse is when he went to Cleveland and they played these mind games. Because what happens is, is when you get these mind games going on to where they're not playing, you know you're better than Brian Hoyer is. You know they, they should be playing you, but they're trying to teach. Remember the, the whole thing? Uh, the owner was trying to teach him a lesson, trying to humble him. Yep. We're going to teach Johnny. I mean, what the? No. And so I imagine his life got more stressful. And if you're a guy that's relying on other substances to calm yourself down and your level of stress increases by circumstance what's going to happen with your propensity to consume those other substances yeah it's going to increase tremendously which happened to johnny and then the history happened and so yeah if he was in a situation where they let him be him and they rewarded him because he played well and that led to him being less stressed out uh and then having success that he because another thing your ego kicks in too if you're having success you're going to want to sustain that success you don't want to be the biggest train wreck known to man then I'll, I would say that he would have spent more time in the facility instead of going out partying. And I mean, so yeah, I, I, the the environment played a critical role in I, him 
failing and, and having issues. Well, we'll see how that plays out. With Baker Mayfield, obviously, they play West Virginia today. He will not start the game. I don't know how much he's going to play in the game. Uh, and it's not exactly a walkover game. Oklahoma has had problems defensively and kept a lot of teams in the game. So that that could be a, that's a like shootout a, a little bit later on. The Big 12, though. No, it's well, like that's, no defense conference. That, it is a no defense. <laughs> By the way, uh, Michigan, Ohio State still tied at 14. Remember, it really is a meaningless game for Ohio State. They're already in, even if they lose the Big Ten championship game against Wisconsin. I got a lot to talk about with you as far as how this playoff is concerned. Your thoughts yesterday – Miami going into Pitt and losing to the Panthers, ending their undefeated run, which means here's what it does mean. It means that the loser of the Clemson-Miami ACC championship game has no chance yeah, they're not of getting, getting into the playoff. There won't be any, you know, oh, well, they only have the one loss, and they, that that's not going to happen with the ACC. What happened they will the get SEC a single representative. Happen, yeah, it doesn't happen anywhere. Think uh, Clemson could lose at South Carolina today? Uh, Yeah. They could. They could. Right, Clemson's no juggernaut this year. No, they got their weaknesses. And, and we saw when they went up to Syracuse, you get yeah. your quarterback knocked out. I mean, it's literally one hit away, and they expose their quarterbacks. They use them in the running game. I mean, it just crazy stuff happens. If you saw Fitzgerald, the quarterback from Mississippi State, I mean, he took a natural, ebb flow, normal hit, and it just so happened his leg got caught. Did you see that break? And I he did, had that, yep. sp- that, that spiral fracture. Where his foot turned around. I mean, and it's it's nothing out of the ordinary. I mean, you just that, and that's the risk you run, and that's why a lot of these teams, you know, they try to protect their quarterbacks. That's why in the NFL they don't want to use running quarterbacks. It's the reason why the Packers are struggling with Brett Hundley. But point is, yeah, I mean, with Clemson, you're one hit away from having to return back to what you saw against Syracuse, which, as they experienced, wasn't very uh, you know good. And if they lose, okay, let me ask you this. I guess we can get to it on the other side since we're getting close here to, yes. to having to bring in the update guy. But it's just it'd be interesting to me if they lose to uh, South Carolina. That gives them two. They're still in the championship. They're still in the championship. Yeah, and then they win that championship. Then there's two two lost teams out of the ace. It gets interesting. I, I does well, okay. It's we're, interesting. We're going to play out all these scenarios, <laughs> especially what's going to go on with that Alabama Auburn game, which is going to be kicking off in about an hour in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. But first, let's get an update on everything with that update guy. Yeah, that update guy. Yeah, David Gascon. I'm trying to sober up after I heard uh, Brady talk about taking Baker Mayfield over Josh Rose. And I don't oh, know yeah. if you're drunk or what, but man. That's, you hear uh, that? No, you guys. That you, is a, okay. that is a Let me, I'm hot, garbage, steaming pile of wow. Oh, okay. Let me ask you this, then, Gascon. If you man. act like you're a quarterback expert, when is the last time any of you guys have been around? When have you shaken a hand of an elite quarterback? Tell me when. Uh, I don't think I've ever shaken a hand of an okay, elite you know quarterback. Okay, you know what? I hung around it? elite quarterbacks for freaking years of my life. And you're going to sit here and tell me it's hot garbage? Man, yes, a guy, hot garbage. That, a guy that has a criminal whoa, 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 record whoa, 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 whoa. is an arrest record. You didn't that's even, what he's got. You didn't even back it up. What you're going to sit here and tell me it's hot garbage and you've I never even back. been around an elite quarterback? You don't have any right. What's your specialty update, wait, guy? Hold on. Hold <laughs> your specialty is to do on. the update. Just do because, the wait, so shaking the, the hand, of, a, shaking the hand the of an elite updates. quarterback means you're a quarterback guru? Oh, what it means is I have no more knowledge of that position than you would ever. Hey, what's your specialty? What's your specialty? I'm just the update guy. That's all I am. Do the update. I am right now. Do the update. Anyways. Don't talk about quarterbacks. You have no idea about it. And by the way, do you even know? Do you even know what it means <laughs> to manipulate a defense with your eyes from a quarterback? Of course what does it, it mean? does. What does Look that mean? one way, take a free safety or a strong safety off one way, and throw it back the other way. Well, Gascon has they, a football at least, background. At least you got, yeah, at least you a got little the bit of a football background. At least you got the one-on-one down there. Oh, by the way, and if, if all of a sudden you got a safety walking up to the right side in an eight-man box 
Why don't you run it to the side of the safety? Why does everybody chuck away from the safety? Why? Tell well, me. Well, why do they chuck away? Because you got a hot wide receiver on the other side. No, they, we're not even talking about that. We're talking about the running game. I'm trying why to get an update on that Ohio yeah, State Michigan. Oh, you well, want one? He, All right, let's get you one. He, he wants to be the quarterback guru. Why are we going to talk about quarterbacks now? Come on, guys, go on. Ball, ten, five touchdown. Marcus Ball on a 25-yard pass play from JT Barrett and Ohio State within one of tying the game. They trail 14-13. That's a real quarterback. JT Barrett and Ohio State tied at 14 apiece, and now Michigan trying to run it in right now. And the official's going to say it is a touchdown. So Michigan leading right now 20-14. to This ballgame is on Fox. About 3, no, 7.45 to play in the third quarter. Now, number 7, Georgia. They're taking on Georgia Tech. From in the shotgun. Fake it to Chubb. From wants to throw. He will. And it's caught. Touchdown in the middle of the end zone. Running to his left. Javon Wims for the score, and it's 13 to nothing, dog. Bulldogs fighting tough right now, 31 to seven. A minute 23 to play in the third quarter. Oklahoma State is all over Kansas, 41 to 10. Mason Rudolph having himself a field day in this one, 21 of 30, 348 through the air, and also a pair of scores. Memphis is drubbing East Carolina, 63 to 13, 304 to play in the third quarter in that affair. Florida State, 24, Florida. 16. All right, I, I got to break you guys Don't quit up. your day job. Don't quit your day job, Gascon. I'll yeah. tell you that much. Day and night. <laughs> yeah, don't quit it. Hey, man. Because it's, your Baker Mayfield will be in the Hall of Fame. I didn't say that. You're you're you're, you're twisting words in my mouth. Well, don't no, quit your day he'll job. He'll be a better quarterback than Josh Rosen. All right, we'll find out. We'll Just find because out. of his attitude you see from a distance. All right, we'll, we'll fi- continue we'll this out. conversation you can, you in a couple years. You can mock me all you want. You can mock me. I'm disagreeing. That's all I'm doing. Oh, no, it's mockery. It's called mockery. Yeah, it is, Mr. Update. Guys, right, stick right. to your updates. <laughs> Stay with that, okay? Because your quarterback takes are terrible. You have no idea what you're talking about. All right, slow down. Updates. Stay the updates. All right, so go. here we go. All right, let's get back to our conversation about where we're going now with the uh, college football playoff because all the conference championship games are pretty well set right now. And you mentioned the fact that you have a dilemma now. If Clemson were to lose to South Carolina and then beat Miami and they have two two-loss teams in the ACC, you have a similar situation right now in the Big 12. We already know it's going to be TCU and Oklahoma. What if TCU beats Oklahoma? Again, two two-loss teams in the Big 12. Then oh, you look the at the Pac. Oh, then you talk about geez. the Pac-12. Today, tonight, you got Washington State's at Washington. If Washington State wins that game, they're going to be in the Pac-12 championship game against USC. All the teams in the Pac-12 at least two losses. That's three of. That's a potential that three of your five power well, conferences have a two-loss champion. I'll say this though, and Ohio USC, State in the Big Ten would make it four. Yeah, yeah. I'll say this with USC. You can't look at USC like a regular two-loss team. Okay, and it's because if you're going to look at them in a linear world where you're not taking into considerations all of their injuries they had in that stretch where they struggled. They lost to Wazoo Well, the Wazoo Notre Dame State. game was the brutal game. Yeah, but Wazoo State was a, was a tough one, too. But they had, I mean, they were decimated on the offensive line. So if you're going to count that like a regular game, then you're going to misjudge this team. And Why so, is SC ranked behind Penn State? Because it's a linear system, and this is what the problem is with these rankings and these polls is everybody wants to judge every single game like it's the same game. And that's the problem with college football. You can't. There has to be an apples-apples comparison because in the, in the case I'm bringing up, in this system to where you're judging and you're trying to, you know, basically it's a political push uh, as to who's the better team. 
uh, you have to have some reference points there, and everybody wants to act like, oh, well, USC, they lost versus Washington State. Right. Penn State, you know, they lost, who did they lose? They lost, you know, a big comeback against Ohio State. Then they lost to Michigan State. Then they lost to Michigan State. You know, and, and for some reason, the voters think those losses aren't as bad as what the two losses that uh, USC had. But again, that's living in a vacuum. The, the reason why USC lost is because they're decimated on the offensive line. Now they get those guys back. It's a completely different team. You can't, my point is, is you can't judge that loss against Washington State the same way you're judging these other losses for teams like Penn State who didn't experience the All right, same let me ask you critical this. losses across their offensive line or wherever throughout their football team. All right, let's, I mean, there's so many different so scenarios. Let me, let right me go now. back to what I was saying is right. USC, to me, if they win the Pac 12, they should automatically be in the playoff, All even right. with the two losses. Okay, so because they're getting healthy and they're playing well. They need some help, though. They need help from Stanford tonight. They, Notre Dame is ranked ahead of SC because they beat SC 49 to 14. So Notre Dame is playing at Stanford tonight. That's a toss-up game. I don't. I mean, after Notre Dame got you know blown out by Miami, they barely survived their next game. So they're at Stanford. Stanford will be in the Pac-12 championship game against SC if Washington State loses at Washington tonight. I mean, there's so many different scenarios to play out. But see, SC is sitting at 11 right now. So how do they get all the way to four? They have to go past Penn State, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Georgia. Georgia only has one loss. Georgia only has the one loss. I mean, they're you know they're going to be playing. Look, Steve, I'm telling you what I think. It's not what the the committee thinks because I'm telling you they are in a linear world. They they just look at it like win losses. Every loss counts the same. Well, that's not the way it's we, supposed to be. Exactly. We don't care if a team gets better because they get guys healthier or guys develop throughout the season. they don't care, they don't look at that. It's just like last year when USC played Alabama. First part was it the first second game of the season? Alabama destroys SC. Darnold wasn't even the starting quarterback, and there's other players that have improved and all that kind of stuff. And at the end of the year, everybody's like, "See, we already saw what would have happened if Alabama would have played USC in the playoffs." It's like, no, SC didn't even get compare. into. Remember, SC wasn't even the Pac-12 championship game last year. Yeah, Colorado was. That's right. But to me, it's like it's it was obvious USC was the top one of the top teams. Let me ask you this: If Ohio State loses this game today to Michigan, close, yeah. And then blows out undefeated Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship game. Could a three-loss Ohio State team get into the playoff? A no three-loss Ohio State team. That'll never happen. They could. I mean, again, like you can't look. Should they be? If they you sh- win your conference championship in a Power Five conference, right, you should be you there. You should, yeah. And, and, I mean, that's the thing, too, is I and, I and I shot this stat out this last week on my Twitter feed at Brady Papinga. If you want to follow and and send me, you got yeah, I got a bunch of Gascons out there that I always have to remind <laughs> that stick to your profession. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but point is, is yes. that uh, with Ohio State and a lot of these other teams, we all want to think in this world that the best records always go on to be the the teams that win the championship. Doesn't play that way in the NFL. Oh. In every other sport, yes, every other sport, it is very rare. I'm talking like below 10 percent of like the last 20 years. Yes, the best team teams. Well, the that's what happens when you have a legitimate playoff, which we know we do not have right now exactly. in college football. And so, based off of that, I mean, that's what we're going for, though, right? Aren't you trying yes. to get the legitimate champion? Yes. So the record shouldn't be what is the number one factor that's most heavily weighed, but unfortunately, it is. It should be how a team's playing. It should be if you win your conference so championship, you're in. Period. I mean, again, this is this is the logical way. Like you said, you only have to go from four to six teams. 
And there is no committee. You don't even have a committee. Whoever wins the five conference championship games in the Power Five, you're in. You earn your way into the playoff by winning your conference championship. Period. I agree. And then you have a group of five team to get, at least give those schools an avenue, oh, yeah. as remote as it may be, to win a national championship. Done. It's it's a, I mean it's so easy. Now if you want to go to eight and add a couple of wild cards, even oh, better. I, it needs to go to every. I I look at it like every conference championship in FBS it should be ten. Should That's be ten in. conference champions plus six wild cards done. And then you have at larges. And then we got an unbelievable December. Phenomenal. The best. I mean, it takes over March Madness, and I don't care if the kids play seventeen games. It's okay. You know, and everybody's like, well, what about their longly their life? Uh, you know, the, the longevity of their life is like, well, um, most of those kids aren't even going to play in the NFL. You know what I mean? And you see NFL guys, we're doing fine. I played in I don't know how many right. years of football, 16, 17 games, and I'm fine. That's not it. That's a lame excuse. And exactly. And the whole finals They thing. do that in Division One, Two, and Three. One AA, Two, Three, they have a 16-school playoff. They go to school. Exactly. And also, we'll look at the basketball team. The right. basketball team's on the road and yeah, all exactly. these crazy During finals for a lot exactly. of those schools, so by the way. you can't tell me yeah. that the finals is an excuse. So, I mean, that's where we're always go with this but if you look at it i mean the the committee has to be more tr- multi-dimensional when they're equi- you know processing this you can't just go off the win loss think it's the old school ap bcs system where the team with the best records they're the ones that are always the best teams you can't do that it's just you know i just saw a graphic a standard across the board way of uh of figuring out who's the best team i just saw a graphic on the uh, florida state florida game florida state winning this game by the way gators uh Reeling right now, they can't find a coach. Um, they just showed these uh, these matchups, these rivalry matchups, and how many combined national championships the schools have won. The answer to all those is the same: zero, zero. There has never been a legitimate national champion in Division One football. Sorry, you've had great teams, you've had undefeated teams, you have teams for the ages, but there has never been a legitimate national champion. In college football, you had AP champions, UPI champions, coaches poll champions, BCS champions, you know, college football playoff champions. None of them are legit. It's unfortunate. It's the only sport in the world that does not have a legitimate champion. You know, I just and it's been that way since the beginning of time. And it's one of the greatest college football trivia questions ever. Ever. I was on the I was on the Big O show, and it's a Miami show, one of the right. best shows in Miami you'll find. This last week, and you know, it was after they'd beat Virginia, right. they're number two ranked, and yes. they're buzzing. You know, they're all excited, and and I had to remind them. I said, "This is all great," and I was, "I love Miami, I love the ACC, but it's like, it's yeah. I mean, they're they're in position to win the ESPN College Football Tournament, and they were so upset that I wouldn't admit that it was the NCAA national championship. And then I asked it, I go, "Hey, so tell me, over the last fifty years." I go, tell me how many NCAA national champions have there been in college football in the FBS level? Yeah. <laughs> and he sat there. He just was like, what did you just ask me? Right. Like, And I was like, there's been zero. Zero. And there hasn't been one championship let, game let, let that me has been authorized by the NCAA because they know, like everybody else, that the current system, just like all the other ones, didn't output the best team. It just that doesn't do it. It's not how it's set up. Starting in the mid-1920s, the number one named college football program was Notre Dame. All right, They were the elite. Notre Dame was the football program. They did not play in a single bowl game over a 45-year span. <laughs> not one. You know why? Because in those days, the AP poll and the UPI poll ended their polls after the regular season. They did not include the bowl games. So they didn't see any purpose in There was no purpose in playing in a bowl game. But when they changed the rule, the AP oh, poll changed. The bowl game. 
That's when they decided we're going to start playing in a bowl game. It was the 1969. They'd had a post, uh, AP had a poll in, in, in 65. But after 68, they made it a permanent fixture that after the uh, bowl games, we would decide the national champion. That's when Notre Dame decided we're going to get back into bowl games. That's uh, that's everything you need to know, okay, about the history of college football. And it's no different now with a BCS or college football play, whatever you want to call it. Still no legitimate national champion uh, in what we call Division One football. All right, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. However, there's one award that we give out every year. It's called the Heisman Trophy. And I've got my latest update for you coming up next. Harbin at Papega. Great news is a quick way to save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com and in 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. They're trying to separate Papinga and Gascon. They are still going after each other. Look at you guys. Can't you let it? The, the testosterone levels are off the freaking charts. Well, you know what happened? There was a major miss. Well, okay. First right. it started, I called him just an update guy. You called him the update guy, yeah. No, I said, let's go to the update guy. And I messed up because I meant to say, let's go to the update. So listen to this. This yes. is this is psychology 101. All right, All right. where are we? And it really made him upset. Like yes. he Brady thinks I'm just the upset update guy. And that's why he immediately started attacking me out of retaliation like, okay, if he's going to like break me down, I'm going to go after I, I him. I figured that out. Yes. And I didn't realize that mm-hmm. you know that I called him the up like Okay, in a way, guy. in anything that could be construed well, I, I, as being see, I, I'm the guy that fans the flame by, by then so, calling attention to him. And I you was, calling him, and yes. I'm so sorry behind that because yes. honestly, I didn't, I didn't. So now you're on my, the same page as far as yeah. uh, Josh Rosen's that's, concerned. Well, no, we're we're yeah. still disagreeing there. And I told him, I said, disagree with me all you want. Right, yes. You know, we can. It's okay. okay. And right. I mean, you and I disagree all the time, right. and there's no problem with that. There's not a mean spirit of bone in your body. I know. But the problem is. Is yes. I said something without realizing what it meant to somebody else, and yes. it wasn't even my heart. My intent wasn't I like I want to condescend my. And guy I and I will admit I I took, took that it. line and then used it to fan the flame because that's what I do. <laughs> but so, the, but I in my do. heart of hearts, yeah. I had I had I no I did I wasn't trying to condescend I, him at all. No, I, I just There's I just nothing slipped. but love here. There's nothing yeah, but love. Yeah, I absolutely slipped. I know that was crazy. I'm uh, sorry about that. Guess what? It is it is that time. It's the Heisman Update. 10, 5, touchdown. Heisman Update. All right, now before we get to my Heisman Update, uh, I'm going to read a tweet that I put out yesterday. And I put this out. I said, any Heisman voter who does not think Rashad Penny is a legitimate candidate for college football's biggest prize should revoke their ballot privileges forever. I didn't say you have to vote for him. What I'm saying is if you don't consider him a legitimate candidate as college football's best player, then you 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 should not be voting for the Heisman Trophy. I mean, it's not it's not some little exclusive club that you can only vote for players that play at certain schools. That's not what the award's about. It says the best college football player in the country, and you could certainly make an argument that Rashad Penny, even if he plays at San Diego State, is that guy. So, uh, by the way, that was directed at a certain individual in the L.A. market who said as much during the week. If you're listening, you know who it is. All right. They Done said that. that that Rashad Penny is not, not a legit, candidate. not legit, all right, not legitimate. All right, so that's that. Well, that person doesn't know football. All right, so uh, we're a couple of weeks away from the voting for the Heisman Trophy. I do have a vote, and I will update you each week where I stand. Again, does not include this week's games. This is through last week. Here is my current number three. Toss the love, Bryce. To the outside, turns the corner. Bryce Love is going to take it to the love zone. 57-yard touchdown. Just another 50-yard-plus touchdown run from Bryce Love. 
His numbers uh, speak for themselves, averaging 8.8 yards a carry. Bryce Love uh, continues to roll another 100-yard game for him, although a little banged up his last week. The Stanford running back is my current number three. Here is my current number two. That'll be Parker Houston back in a tight end in motion to the far side. Crash on Penny, nothing inside. Turned outside. He's gone. He's gone. Touchdown, Aztecs. Rashad Penny, San Diego State running back, leads the nation all-purpose yards. Kick return. He's had two kickoff returns for touchdowns this year. He's had a punt return for a touchdown. This, by the way, was coming off a 429-yard all-purpose day where he had first punt return of his career, ran at 70 yards for a touchdown. First time he ever returned a punt. He uh, tied the NCAA career record with seven kickoff returns for touchdowns. And, oh, by the way, he has 2,000 yards. Rushing, which is pretty impressive, considering he has—he's not playing a cupcake schedule. No, and they Stanford did, and at Arizona State, Arizona didn't. State, mm-hmm. eh, even though Arizona State's defense is sort of yeah. Okay, so Rashad assist, Penny hey, is still. my current number two. Here's my current number one. Baker back to pass, has time, rolling right, lobs it down the middle for Rodney. It's caught at the ten to the five into the end zone. It's a touchdown! It's a touchdown! Oh, mother! By the way, uh, Barry Switzer, Barry Switzer of all people, said the reason that Baker Mayfield grabbed his crotch was because of Madonna and Michael Jackson, that they made it cool to grab their crotch area, and he blamed them. Well, you can grab it if you're dancing in a very kind of like lovable fashion, (laughs) you know, having fun, but when you're grabbing it and pointing it at somebody, that's a a whole different meaning. Uh, Baker Mayfield's antics will not affect my vote on him, but they still have a couple of games left. Remember, he has West Virginia today where he will not start, and then against TCU. And that's going to be tough. Because he's going to come out and he's not going to be in rhythm, right. whereas the other players are already going to be lathered up and a little bit of. The it's not a game, done deal. So this is not a done deal yet. A we still bit, have a couple of yeah, quite a few different games dynamic. still to be played. All right, we'll continue to update on a huge day of college football. Will Auburn pull the upset against Alabama? We'll tell you next. Uh, big Saturday and much more to come. Fox Football Saturday. Hartman and Papinga coming alive. From the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. A visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. We have a lot of things going on behind the scenes today. I mean, first we had Gascon and, and Papinga. We resolved that problem. It's our final show with Nick today on the board. Wishing Nick all the best. He's very excited after his Chargers. What did you, by the way, I haven't even asked you this. What's up? We talked to Marvez a little bit about it earlier, but, uh, I mean, Dallas, he's got steamrolled by the Chargers. Three straight games they've been steamrolled. But let's get to the L.A. Chargers. Let's look at – they are at 5-6 and six right now. Kansas City's in disarray. They're the best team in the AFC West. Oh, not which, even by close. The way, I mean, Bucky Brooks, I'm telling you, if you, don't, if you haven't followed him, yeah. he knows his stuff. Like, that guy, when he's on tw- – I mean, he said it before anybody else. He's like, I think the Chargers are the best team in the SEC West, and I'm thinking about it, and I'm watching them play. Well, right now they are. And you're watching the Raiders. You're watching the Chiefs. Broncos. And the Broncos, and it's almost like this is not even, like, close. Well, here's where they They're are the right now. the best team, without a doubt, in that AFC West. So the L.A. Chargers, play, they have 10 days to get ready for the Browns. All right, so assume they win that game here. <laughs> then they play the Redskins here, and again, hey, this I mean, home field advantage. Whoa, they, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Don't sleep on the – I'm just – I'm just. Well, this well, is the, the Browns. NFL NFL. They only have one win. You understand under Hugh Jackson that was last year against the I Chargers. I understand this is the NFL. They're, yeah. they're pros. Yeah. I mean, this, 
you just can never just well now you're speaking assume, Nick's, see Nick is stuff in the same mindset of uh, he's not even he's, counting on the Browns game as a win you just got to let it play out man you can't ever, I mean cuz that that's like a perfect game when you got 3 days 10 days extra 10 days yeah for that and then all of a sudden, you know, your own team gets into that mindset. Hey, this is a walkover. You realize you're feeding into Nick's insecurity. But it's right true, now. though, Nick. I mean, this is the NFL. If it was like college football and you're playing like Mercer and you're yeah. Alabama, okay, you yeah. can count it as a W. This is not college football. This is right. NFL caliber okay, talent. So they're one in twenty-five. So, but anyway, but let's say they win that game. Okay. Just, all right. So then, all right. Let's say they get the Cleveland win. Then the very next week, Washington comes cross country to L.A. Uh-huh. The Redskins. The Redskins are a really hard team to figure out. They're at times they really looked yeah. good. Well, like last week against other, the Saints. And then they look bad. Yeah. So like last uh, week against the Saints. Right. They were up the, they were the up thirty one sixteen and then <laughs> exactly. they lose. And it was in the fourth quarter. They in were up the fourth quarter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the but let's say they get past those two games and get to seven and six. Then they're flying to Kansas City. It's a Saturday night game against the Chiefs, week fifteen. If the Ooh. Chiefs even if the Chiefs win two of their next three games to get to eight and five, first place would still be on the line in the AFC West in that game if the Chargers were seven and six. Mm. That's how close they are. Wow. And you remember remember That's we were talking about the LA Chargers schedule? Their last game of the year is home against the Raiders. And of course, we were thinking it'll be sort of a bye game for the Raiders getting ready for the playoffs. Who would have thought the team that's playing for the playoffs spot would be not the be Chargers. the Raiders? It would be the Chargers <laughs> in that last game. And still, it'll be all Raider fans. I it will be all Raider fans at StubHub Center. Well, I will say this: every seat. I will say this: last year when the Chargers and you were with me the whole step of the way, yes. when the Chargers then San Diego Chargers, yes. chose Joey Bosa. Right, I was not happy about that choice. No, you, you know weren't. that, right? Because they were in the right defense. It wasn't the right defense. But as soon as they hire the new D coordinator, Gus four three, Gus Bradley, I said to everybody, I said this is going to be an unbelievable scheme for him because he's always going to be outside. Well, he's a motor running guy. You have to, admit. but he's but he's a guy that you can, he can do everything. But it's just you're wasting him away if you're putting him head up on the tackle. Right. Shaded off to the right. My the big side. question was going to be Melvin Ingram. Ingram was a Ingram, guy that just got a but new these contract. Guys, I'm telling you, they are nightmares. Yes. Because what are you going to do? You can't, like, when you play against one good rusher, you can slide your offense. Right. But if you're you playing one on one with these guys. But the problem is, is you got to leave one of them open unless you want to completely decimate right. your eligible wide receivers in mm-hmm. routes. Yes. And and that's what it's that's what's happening. Is most of these guys are getting double chipped. Which then, I mean, think about it. You got how many total eligibles? You got six guys that are told you about total eligible outside right. the offensive lineman, including the quarterback. Right. So you get two of them that that immediately diminishes. And a lot of times they'll bring in two more pass rushers in as well. They're they're bringing the house. But the point is, is if as a as a secondary, you have to you have less guys to worry about yeah. that are on in routes because their eligibles are occupied trying to help out these offensive linemen, and and their defense is rolling with those guys. I mean, it, and and they make them pay. Ingram and Bosa will make you pay if you don't double them, do something with them. They're creating havoc in the backfield. So it's it's those guys that are the key to their defense success. And then, uh, you know, Phil, I, I, you're not a fan of Melvin, but I'm gonna tell you, Melvin Gordon is something else. I I like him a lot. Well, he's, he's been a tough runner, inconsistent. But look, he has been tremendous as of late. He has been oh, two that weeks ago. He had 16 carries for 27 yards. Hey, sometimes those 27 yards 
are fine. Because they even benched him. They had the Eckler kid in. That I like Eckler too. I like it. But I'm gonna say this: well, I like, Rivers had a, a career day against Dallas. Yeah, but a lot of that, I, I believe, he's feeding off the defense because he knows now he doesn't. When he doesn't have to win it, his his mind is on a whole other place. I'm going to give Anthony Lynn credit. You know, that team started 0-4. It was a disaster. It was looking the terrible. Way, and they were just completely off the rails, and he's strong. But they were close, though, strong. man. They, they were, were, but they weren't but, like they're getting blown it, out. But it could be demoralizing if you just oh, suddenly sure. year after year. I mean, this is three straight years of these kind of losses. No, Anthony is impressive, man. I, I sat down at our, yeah. our Fox Sports huge stand at the Super Bowl. We right. sat down with him, and. I did, just talking to him, and he was really transparent, no coach talk. Right. And I was like, man, this guy. No, he's got I liked it. what he had said. Yeah, you I was know, like, he's, he's got like the the right idea. It's about can he execute it? That's usually like yeah. most coaches are smart and have ideas. It's just well, it would the be easy for a first year coach to to lose a team quick because you have yeah. no history with him, and he didn't. No, because uh, he's a cool dude. Like I'm telling you, like when yeah. I'm sitting down next to him, and, and yeah. the way I my my gauge is what I want to play for him. Yeah. And when I sit down next to him, I'm like, dude, this guy would be great to play for. Just his mentality. And, of course, he comes from the Rob, Rob Ryan, uh, Rex Ryan mm-hmm. kind of tree, which I played for Rob. And mm-hmm. fun coaches to play for. He has that same element. He understands that part to where the players mean something. You right. know, a lot of coaches, they like the Parcells of the world, and I think this is where Belichick has evolved past Parcells. Parcells, Parcells used to think like it was all him. Like everything was about him. The players are just pawns. In his grand scheme of Well, I, I want to get back uh, to Nick life, for a second you know? here because, Nick, uh, you're going to be off weekends now, right? Uh, Yeah. So does that mean you're going to be uh, at the AFC Championship game when the Chargers host the AFC Championship game? Oh, that's right. They won't. <laughs> uh, but will you be there for the rest of their home games now? Are you like, will you be at the Raider game? Will you be at the Browns game? Will you be at the Redskins game? Are you going to be at any of these games? You know, uh, since I have some free time on Sundays now, I want to try to go to at least one more game. Especially Believe me, the tickets are Oakland cheap game. right now. Well, hey, that, that's what's great about Carson Stadium too, Steve. You get yeah. the worst seat in the house all the way in the back, and it's still a great view. All right, so the stadium opens up an opportunity for you. And Steve, really quick, I mean, Brady said earlier that Browns game next week scares the hell uh, you, out of you me. You guys are ridiculous. <laughs> oh, Steve, ridiculous. overnight, not going to lose. Overnight, everyone is all of a sudden the Chargers. You know, everyone's all in the Chargers now. Overnight after Thanksgiving, you think like that, oh, and now they're all of a sudden they're, they're the next starting threat to, quarterback. They're going to have Kaiser back out there again. Hey. You think he's going to hold up under that rush? Come on, he's going to struggle. He's <laughs> <laughs> But that, I that's mean, gonna be a blow. you know, but you don't know if yeah. Chargers, Chargers the, the guy who got it rolling right. Now. But Nick, the guy who can, in it. the guy who concerns me a lot with yeah. the Chargers is actually Philip. Who knows when he's going to go out and have one of these like terrible disaster games well, where he goes and throws like five interceptions. Yeah, and, that's the problem. And all of a sudden, like you know, you t- you you return two of those for touchdowns. But he was in such rhythm against Dallas. Oh, he was I rolling. Mean, he, every he was. He, but I'm telling you, he's another good when he yeah. knows he doesn't have to win it. When he knows his yeah. defense is supporting him and he's got a running game to complement him. He's like, a, I mean, mentally, he's just he so was free. audibleizing. He was in his element against Dallas. <laughs> I mean, every single play at the line of scrimmage, he's you know, he's doing that oh, whole he's thing. Bumped. You know, he's, he's telling like, I see this, I see everything. I, I I'm all over this thing. All right, uh, we we've got to get to some of these colors. By the way, Ohio State has taken a 21-20 lead over Michigan. Michigan had a 2014 lead, but had their PAT blocked. Uh, again, this will not this is affect. Another classic, man. This is great. It is. It is. Uh, JT Barrett is out of this game right now. Is he out like a serious injury? What's the latest? Do we know? They're saying he may have reaggravated an existing meniscus problem. Ooh. Oh. 
Well, let's see. The last time that JT Barrett went out of the Ohio State lineup, they went on to win the national championship. <laughs> it all right? Maybe, pretty good. maybe it'll work out that way. But they need to win this game, Ohio State, if they're going to have any chance, any chance of getting into that four-school playoff. All right, the game of the day we still haven't gotten to. We're going to from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Auburn, Alabama. Why is Auburn such a sexy pick to win this game today? Uh, we'll counter that argument coming up next. Harbin and Papinga wasn't mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more in car insurance. It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. All right, uh, Ohio State has extended their lead now 24-20 over Michigan. Of course, Brady Papinga calling for uh, Jim Harbaugh to head out of town and head to Gainesville. Let what me I, ask you this, though. What I was suggesting with that out of clarity is yes. if you want to make a splash, that's how you make a splash. You go crazy, you get a guy like him. But if I'm Jim Harbaugh, I mean, well, if I'm Jim Harbaugh, I'd probably stay at Michigan forever. <laughs> I wouldn't stay. But I don't think that's. But if I, I don't, I don't think Jim Harbaugh is wired that way. It seems like he's always yes trying to get out. I mean, I, I, he's very unsettled. He always needs new. That's Larry. Remember Larry new, Brown in basketball? Exactly, same way, success exactly. everywhere he went. Just needs a new challenge. Yes. Um, all right, let's talk about Alabama-Auburn. We haven't even gotten to this game that's going to be kicking off here in about 15 minutes. Yeah. Alabama, obviously, is Alabama. I mean, they're undefeated, and they're number one, and they deserve to be number one, and they're the best-run college football program in the country, bar none. So they're on the road against Auburn. Auburn has uh, a couple losses, but they're number six in the country, and a lot of people are picking Auburn in this game. The game is... I'm at Auburn, them. I'm picking them. It is a obviously a rivalry game, and so rivalry games are always unpredictable. Auburn's two losses were on the road against Clemson and on the road against LSU. So why is it that you like Auburn today against Alabama? Simply put, Alabama is not a once-in-a-generation team. You know, I mean, it's not one of these historic teams to where – for them to lose, it takes like the stars, the moon, the sun, all that to line. And especially, it's 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 a team that's it's going to lose. They're going to lose this year. Some and to me, it's like this is the time. I mean, it's like you said, the table is set for Auburn to beat Alabama. This is a team that's beatable. This is a team that uh, at the end of the day isn't going to go through this season unscathed. They're, they're just not. And so this seems like to me the most likely of days to where Alabama is going to. Find themselves on the wrong end of this, you know, and that's just that's the nature of every team. Most teams, you're gonna, you're gonna have your ups and your downs, and Alabama's been up a lot. It's just purely playing the law of averages here, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just pure. That's that's where it's coming from, and and I do believe the law of averages catches up with Alabama. It's not going to knock them out of there. You know, national champion or the college football national champion aspirations, all that kind of stuff. But it, it, when you got the rivalry, the emotion, and everything's just sort of thrown out the door. Uh, it's it's one of those games that which it's prime. It's you prime for it to happen. You remember Trey Mason at Auburn? I do. You remember he had a lot of mental problems afterwards and everything else that derailed sure. his NFL career. Sure. Carry on Johnson of Auburn is in the Trey Mason seat. Back in 2013, when Auburn pulled the upset on the long, you know, oh, yeah, missed field goal, yeah. nobody had Trey Mason anywhere on the Heisman list. Nowhere. That one game, boom! He's on his tri- on a trip to New York. Now yeah. it was a it was a Jameis Winston romp, but he he ended up that's as great. a finalist for the Heisman that's, that's on one game. 
Carry on, Johnson oh, by the way, is, is the same player. He's hey, by the guy, way, Steve, yeah. how many long field goals do you think Nick Saban is going to attempt today? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's never going to happen again. But here's a guy, Zero. Johnson, that nobody's talking about, right? He missed a couple yeah. of games early. He missed yeah. the Clemson game. But I, after that, you know, he's over 100 yards just about every single week. Had 167 against Georgia, 156 on the road against LSU, 200 against Ole Miss. This guy's been putting up some big numbers. But if this guy has like a 200-yard day, Against Alabama and oh. that defense. Well, it's the, that's this the key. guy is going to get that late vote, oh, especially no out of the South, and uh, he could actually find himself a ticket to New York City. And that's the key: is it goes up against Alabama. Alabama has been built up so high in the minds of everybody. That's that how if, Johnny Manziel won a Heisman exactly. Trophy. If you do anything great against Alabama, all of a sudden, yeah. like your mystique just it, it, it multiplies times ten. Exactly. And it's just because of the uh, perception around Alabama. It's now, it's a one-loss Alabama team. Obviously, if they lose to Auburn, Auburn is going to be in the SEC championship game against Georgia. Is a one-loss Alabama team guaranteed a slot in the playoff? One-loss Alabama? Yeah. And if they don't win the SEC, or well, they do? Obviously, they, they're way. out. They're not even in the SEC championship game. Wait, whoa, timeout. You're telling me if they lose this game, they're out? They're out. Auburn's in? Auburn's in the SEC championship oh. game. They'd have oh. each one conference loss, and Auburn beat them head-to-head. Okay, Alabama. This is what Let's, happened in me, 2013. I got to do the two. I got to do the two voices again. Okay, all right, all right. Uh, the first voice of my own self and yes. sensibility means right. there should be no chance they yes. are in it. But the voice of knowing how the committee works and their agenda, of course, they're. <laughs> what am I thinking? Right, of course. That's right? what I'm saying. <laughs> I just there's no scenario in my mind if I'm thinking like in the. Position well, this is what of happened to Ohio State last year. Exactly. One last Ohio State, it's, they did not get the Big Ten championship game. They were thing. in. Yeah, it's yeah, they're in. They're they're in no matter what. Exactly, right? As long as they can justify it. <laughs> and this is just Well, I mean, if they lose 63 to nothing, maybe not, but they're not uh, going to do that. So I, I would even – 63 to nothing, I don't think, gets them out. So one uh, – yeah, I agree with you. One loss, Auburn team. So I'm not saying it should be that way. Don't misconstrue me that, ladies no. and gentlemen. A lot of people get me on Twitter, oh, what are you talking about? Blah, blah, blah. Well, especially it's if like, every no, other I, conference is – again, we have a, a very clear scenario. What, another key game is Clemson at South Carolina today. If South Carolina wins that game and then Clemson beats Miami in the ACC championship game. They're still in. That's a two-loss Clemson team. They're in. You could have a two-loss USC team. But that's not a guarantee because it's not an affiliated program with the college football playoff. Thank you. That's why so, we but, have to But I'm just playing your, your Power 5 conferences. Then you have TCU playing Oklahoma. If TCU beats Oklahoma, they would be a two-loss Power 5 champion. You have Ohio State, if they were to win today and beat Wisconsin, a two-loss Big Ten champion. Which is very possible, by the way. And then you would have Auburn. You would have five conference Power 5 champions, all with two losses. Yeah, they're going to exclude the Pac-12. Alabama's in with one loss. Alabama, (laughs) exactly. They would be the only team. They're going to have two SEC teams. What if Central Florida is undefeated? Oh, they're gonna, they're they're ignoring Central. Where are they ranked, by the way, Central Florida? Remember where they're last ranked? They're like thirteenth, fourteenth. They're not. Yeah, they're not even close. Yeah, but they would be the only undefeated team left. They're, yeah, and not even close. Which in another era would have won them the national championship. Yeah, so in the BYU days in nineteen eighty four, they would have had a championship. Yes. <laughs> in the mid eighties, they don't want a national championship. Okay, so <laughs> this is unbelievable. I mean, think of it. it's not all that far fetched. It's not far fetched. It's funny though that you'd have all these. Let's say, like, yeah. you'd have two lost teams. Let's say that yeah. scenario. But then Alabama would just get in because their name, well, they, and, well, they, and then the committee would be like, "Well, they got one loss. They guys. only have one loss. They got one loss. What do you want from us? It's right. the best team to coach from. Even though they win their uh, all right. So, <laughs> so let conference. me let me all right. So let, let's <laughs> let's break it down. Now. All right. So let's let's play out my scenario. So Clemson loses at South Carolina, but wins the ACC championships. So they have two lost Clemson, 
two-loss USC, two-loss Auburn, two-loss Ohio State, and two-loss TCU <laughs> are your five conference champions. Which three of those teams joins one-loss Alabama in the playoff? Well, TCU for surely won't, which will make the Big 12 think, why in the world are we doing this championship game Right, again? okay, which they're out. ironic. Ohio so, State would be in. Blow, but yeah, Ohio State's in. Auburn's in. Auburn's in. Alabama's in, and then the champion. Clemson, the and Clemson would get on yeah. over here. How about a two-loss Clemson team over a two-loss SC team? How would that make you feel? Oh, I, I look at USC right now as one of the best teams in the country. Yeah. Top four. But everybody wants to disagree because they're going, well, what about those two losses, Brainy? Right. And they got destroyed by Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean, but, but the ACC can't... is an ESPN product. When are you going to figure this out? It's not. It's the ESPN college football playoff. <laughs> you know why they were angry about Miami's loss? Because they had this dream scenario oh. where they could have had Miami and Clemson and Alabama and Auburn as your four-school four playoff. <laughs> they, could, they could have justified, oh, you know, wow. Miami was undefeated, oh, but they only goodness. have one loss and they lose to Clemson. Oh, yeah. I mean, because they would have justified it. Think of the the the, the reverberations because they got the ACC network, right? SCC network, boom. All uh, until this when the season ends, all the way up to the playoff games is on. They would be covering uh, the championship. It was Our their team dream scenario. Oh, That's goodness. why, like, why did Miami ratings would have gone through the yeah, they gone through the roof. Oh, they would have. They had a perfect laid out scenario for SEC, ACC, all ESPN playoff. Not going to happen though. Who knows? I know they they can change the rules as they go. Is there any legitimacy to this so-called committee? No, they all sit down and watch games. And I mean, they can do whatever on. they want. Nobody. I mean, how do we even know what their votes are? are? Exactly. exactly. They don't. They don't. They don't let us know anything. There's no transparency other than they make a couple no. announcements after the polls. They you know give a little explanation, which is fine. <laughs> yeah, but it's still like it could be as corrupt as they want to make it. Oh man! Ohio all right, Ohio State, State is wow. uh, rolling another touchdown for the. Oh. no, he's out of bounds. Did he go out of bounds? Yeah, he did go out of bounds. All right, all right. So Ohio State at State's the five yard line of Michigan. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, Jim Harbaugh about to, uh, to go. walk off the field and announces uh, <laughs> retirement from Michigan. Uh, but I, you know, I, oh. I like what Alex Marvis said. I, 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 if I had a bet on it, if he does leave, which is again highly likely. Uh, and, and that's why Michigan's trying to talk to him a lifetime deal, by the way. They well, they want to reunite him with Andrew Luck in Indianapolis. That would be cool. I, I want to see him. From my perspective, I want him back in the NFL. The NFL is far better Can he overall. get Andrew Luck back on track as oh, former yeah. college coach? They yes. would run the awesome, like they would run the same power football well, stuff. Well, that's if his shoulder isn't permanently damaged. Well, the thing is, is the, the reason why he was so damaged in the first place is because well, he Grigson, played hurt last year. Ryan Grigson didn't build any help around him. Right. So here Andrew Luck is thinking, i got to carry the hold of myself. So he's running it. He's flailing his body around, and, and lo and behold, he ends up hurting himself severely. I'm, uh, you get him enough pieces around the guy. And he played through it last year. People forget last oh, year yeah, Luck played so through bad. it, and actually he wasn't bad. He actually had well, numbers relative. that were on par with his best years last year. If you look at the actual numbers, now it didn't translate into wins, but the sheer numbers were, oh, by the way, Mike McCarthy. Oh, boy. Well, what are you, I don't know. What are you looking at there? Just, I'm trying to look up anything on McCarthy that you know tells me he's about to get fired in Green Bay. Nothing's going to give you that. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> they got a street named after the guy. You know how much equity he's built up in Green Bay? He could mm. have two disastrous seasons. Really? Before he gets fired. Two. So if he has a disastrous one this year, let's say they don't win do another they have game. Line, do they have okay, someone lined up as the next coach in Green Bay? Uh, there's nobody lined really? up. Really? No. They want McCarthy to be the coach? For the next 10 years, at least. Do they really? Of course. Even if they had 10 straight losing years? Um, that's what I'm saying. They don't They don't expect it to happen. They, they're giving up two oh, as a pass. Oh, oh, oh. By the way, yeah. by the way I, I, you want to you hear a really, really hot 
coaching rumor in the NFL? Give it to me. Uh, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, I'll tell you. But first, David Gascon is here with the latest update on all the college football, David. And do not call him Fe- just an eight update guy. I learned no. that the hard way. Fellas, Michigan that. got a much-needed stop. Closing minutes of the fourth quarter. First and goal, Ohio State to the Michigan one. Dwayne Haskins gets the snap. Feeds Dobbins. Dobbins into the end zone for the Ohio State touchdown. J.K. Dobbins on a one-yard touchdown run. It is a tie game at 20, and the PAT could give Ohio State the lead. Yeah, PAT was up and good. They also added a field goal, but it was third down and one for Ohio State near the 30-yard line of Michigan. They got a stop, and now Ohio State will have to settle for a long-range field goal, in fact, from 40-40 yards out to still make it a one-score game. So as it stands right now, this field goal is up Miss! and no yeah! good. Hooked it! Man, so good field position. Just a bit outside. 2.47 <laughs> to play in this ball game. It's on Fox, and Ohio State leading right now by a slim margin, 24-20. to 20. Meanwhile, number seven, Georgia hammered Georgia Tech. 38-7 to in this one. They'll improve to 11-1 on the year. The Bulldogs will. Oklahoma State drubbed Kansas. In fact, it's still going on. Five minutes to play. 58-17. to Mason Rudolph, 494 yards passing and two TDs in that one. Memphis clubbed East Carolina, 70-13. to And, fellas, we're about five minutes away from the Ooh. Iron Bowl. Ooh. Cannot wait. I number wait. one, Alabama. Number six, Auburn. Of course, that will be a barn burner. And, Gascon, who you go with, man? Man, Auburn? I'm going to go with the home team. Yeah, I got Auburn oh, in this one. Oh, you go yeah. for Auburn, too. But Bo Jackson right. is in the house. Charles oh. Barkley is in the house. And I was reading <laughs> online that Chris Davis is actually one of the honorary captains. He's from the kick six a few years ago, so... There's just too much good mojo going on for Auburn. Let's get it. To go against them. Well, you, I, I'll put it this way. I am rooting for Auburn because the bigger mess we can make of this playoff, the better as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I think everybody... But, I mean, this to me just smells of a uh, Nick Saban job. Like, like he's going to work Auburn today. <laughs> I mean, I just... I, I don't know. I hope I am so wrong on that. <laughs> I am rooting hard for Auburn, but oh, something doesn't smell right. Do you I, think that's maybe why we're picking him? Subconsciously, we're we're picking him because we can't stand Alabama. Well, I mean is Alabama, that sure. I mean Alabama is you know they, they, they they've been consistently good we for always, so long. We want well, anytime you see Alabama lose, it's a major story. Major story. <laughs> it really uh, by the way, we're coming to you live lose. from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save fifteen percent or more on your car insurance at Geico. Go to Geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part figuring out which way is easier. All right, you ready for this? Go for it. Certainly uh, one of the, uh, based on preseason predictions, one of the most disappointing teams in the NFL this year is the Raiders. Yes. Uh, A team that a lot of people had primed for a challenge to the Patriots for the AFC Championship. They're sitting at four and six. They are playing against the equally bad Broncos uh, tomorrow. But here, and I'm getting this for um, a couple of sources with the Raiders, all right. Really, so these this it's one team. It's Steve, I, he's got so his one, sources. It's the one team I still have people that oh, yeah. I can talk to. And honestly, they're not even afraid to get it out there. Well, they, yeah, I'm sure they want Del Rio to know and the public to know. Yeah, right? uh, yeah. And and I don't know if they can pull it off, and I don't even know if it would be the right move. But they are working extremely hard, trying to utilize the whole glamorous effect of moving the team to Vegas. To talk John Gruden back into the job. 
Why do they want John Gruden? Just because of his sort of popularity, or do they really think it, he's a good is, football coach? They, well, that's a great question. I think part of it is to make a huge splash in their new market in Vegas. Obviously, if you were to hire Gruden, uh, it would be a major story. Now, remember this, though, and I'm not saying it would even happen now. I'm not saying they're going to fire Del Rio now. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why the Raiders are where they are right now. Jack Del Rio is just one of the reasons. Yeah. I mean, certainly allowing Bill Musgrave to walk. I don't know why they did that. Which just made no sense. Yeah, I'm still a veteran. Baffled. You have to understand, even before Musgrave was with the Raiders, he has been the offensive coordinator of other teams oh, in the of NFL. of course. He's done well. He's, he's been around the NFL. He had the experience. He worked well with Derek Carr. And he walks away to be the quarterback coach with the Broncos. Now, of course, offensive coordinator. They fired Mike McCoy. But... The Raiders are thinking in terms of making a splash with the big move to Vegas, brand new stadium and everything else, and Jordan Gruden would fit the bill. Now, I want to ask you about John Gruden with his Packer roots. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he did a marvelous job with the Oakland Raiders when he he was the head coach there. He sure did. He took Rich Gannon. Who was a career backup? I always loved Gretch Gannon with the Chiefs and Vikings. I always said he wasn't a career backup, though. Yeah, but I always say, why hasn't this guy really been given an opportunity? He He got it with the Raiders. He he was pretty good. But he was good. That's why I was always a Gannon fan. But then with the Raiders, he became a league MVP. Yeah. But in Tampa, the problem for Gruden in Tampa was he could never find a quarterback. That's why I it have my a, doubts it, it with the It was guy. a carousel of quarterbacks not, in Tampa. But it's not that he couldn't find them. It's like he couldn't develop one. That's what yeah. was still to this day so perplexing. Because, yeah, I mean, you look at Gannon. You go, he, he started 12, 11, 12 games with the Minnesota Vikings there. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I can't figure it out with Gruden. Like, I don't know if he has the capacity to develop these young guys to implement these – college concepts you know i'm sure it's done him good to sit there in the booth and see carson wentz develop and he's commented on it and talked this is a college offense if you if you you watch his broadcast and the same with what his brother's been able to do with kirk cousins and you know what daryl bevel's done with russell wilson and you know what's been done with Carolina and all across the NFL, where you, you're taking a lot of the new era because the game's evolved since. Yeah, that's ten Gruden. years. Two thousand eight was his last year. Yeah, and when I played against Gruden, he was a traditionalist man. Even though he had the West Coast background in terms of like the Bill Walsh style offense that Holmgren implemented, right. in, another in Holmgren disciple. He was, he was a two back condensed formation power running coach. It was fascinating. Is I, he very? I mean, he and Andy Reid were on the same staff in Green Bay. Are they and they're, similar? And they're di- no, they were different styles. Yeah. Andy Reid would see Andy Reid was like Holmgren. What they would do is they would use a spread, which that's what teams use now. They would yeah. spread you out to run you to run on you. They feel like space was, you know, advantage, and and that's that's what it's being proven to be true over time. Is the more space you can create in the NFL, especially in college, uh, the more advantage an offense has. And and I'm sure he'd go that direction, but it's just fascinating when I last played against him in '08. Man, he condensed that formation and power football. And maybe it has to do with the fact that he he had Cadillac Williams and, uh, man, who was the other? Oh, man, out of Florida State, the other really good running back. But uh, they, that was the strength of their team. But still, he didn't have a quarterback, you know, which here you got this guy who's supposed to be his quarterback guru and he couldn't develop a young quarterback. I, I, I'm still perplexed by that. So there's a lot of questions to me. But he does have the uh, – the kind of splash effect, you know, if you hire the guy and he's got that personality and 
He's cool. He's got the Chucky look, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, there's stuff going for him that. Well, keeps he's him a celebrity. I mean, he's a star. I mean, there's he no is. star. Yeah. John Gruden is a star. Um, but anyway, that's that's floating. That's floating out there. And Ohio Big State time. just scored a touchdown, most likely sealing their fate to win. Well, how did they just score? I thought Michigan had the ball. Michigan threw a pick. Pick six? Nope. Oh. Pick at midfield. Uh, Ohio State repossessed the ball. Well, and now it'll be easier for Jim Harbor to walk off the field and take the Florida job. <laughs> So Ohio be, State's going to get the win, 144 to go. I believe six in a row for Ohio State. Uh, I believe it's like 13 of the last 14. I mean, they have owned this series. Because, you know, uh, Trestle back in the day, he never lost this game. No, no, no. He was, that was one of his main MOs, main focuses. Well, let me ask you this. If you're a Michigan fan, when you brought in Jim Harbaugh, I think you're thinking, well, we're going to start beating Ohio State. Oh, of course. And that was uh, one of the main things. They've been good games. You know, they just – Ohio State's made those critical cutting edge plays. Yeah, here to it determine is. Determine the outcome. Uh that's uh yeah, that's uh, twelve out of thirteen. Holy Or thirteen smoke. out of fourteen. Wow. So when's yeah. the last so Michigan last won in eleven. Okay. Yeah, they won there, but before that they hadn't won since oh three. Wow. So this has become a very one sided and remember remember the John Cooper days, Michigan owned Ohio State all yeah. those years. And then Trestle came in. The first day Trestle got on the job, he goes, we are going to beat Michigan. And he only lost uh, – well, actually, the only loss they had was the year before Urban Meyer showed up. So Which anyway. wasn't Trestle's year, by the way. Trestle was Exactly. Wasn't out. that Luke uh, – what's his name? That was uh, yeah. Fickle. Fickle, yeah. Yeah, he was – So uh, another loss for Michigan. Uh, this one in the big house – Jim Harbaugh telling his coaches, I'm taking the Florida job right now. He's actually uh, taking his headset off. I, I, would, I wouldn't doubt it if he heads to the NFL because <laughs> college football is hard, man. you got to recruit. And these well, kids especially these with days, these rivalry games. I mean, when you're at a major school like Michigan oh, yeah, yeah. and you can't beat Ohio State, I don't but care Steve, who I'm, you are. I mean, to me it's hard because the kids. You have to suck up to these little 18-year-olds today yes. maybe more than ever. Right. Because, I mean – there's, I mean, I, I hear stories where kids are like top recruits to where if they don't hear from schools for like a couple weeks, mm -hmm. they start feeling like, why isn't anybody calling me? And they've had, and they've already had like 40 offers. Well, your, your brother's an assistant, right? That's where I get my information so, from. How does he deal with these uh, recruits? See, to me, him. it's not the coaching. Coaching's coaching, right? It's the recruiting, man. Oh, I couldn't even imagine. But that's what my brother said. He says, that's part of the game. You got you to gotta basically feed into what they want. If you want a guy and he wants to be talked to every day or whatever, wants you to do whatever, you got to do it or else he's going to get offended. These kids literally are so sensitive. To this. It's just, it, it's turned out. Yeah, but and then on top of that, to be so here's the other thing. Entitled I, and People have to understand, even if you're Ohio sport. State or Alabama or USC, schools that are getting five-star recruits, right? Yeah. Here, here's your deal on your five-star recruits. A third of them will be a bust. Yeah. Guaranteed. Happens. Yeah. A third of them will be as good as advertised. Yeah. And the other third is sort of going to decide whether or not you are actually going to be Still coaching. I mean, that other third, the majority of those got to be good well, guys. The gray guys. But if yeah, you're that assistant coach and you got that one star and you're all in, this is the guy, this is the guy, and he turns out not to be the guy, you're done. And and again, who knows? I mean, the kid looked great in high school. He's got all the physical well, tools, but he couldn't quite adapt to the college atmosphere. I put it on the coach. Yeah. That's how I look at it. I mean, if you got a guy with that much physical raw talent, you can't build a scheme around him to where that talent can translate into football productivity and success, that's on you. I know, and that's I've seen that. I've seen that 
where guys, they get at a five-star recruit. Yeah. And they're like, this guy's going to change our program. They come in and, and they can't figure out how to to make it happen at the college level. And it just, it, that coach ends up getting fired. I mean, that's how it is. That's the realities these guys deal with. And that's what I believe is, it's got to be hard for Jim Harbaugh. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Especially after you've been to the NFL. I mean, his offseason, he doesn't got to sleep in some recruit's house. Nah. I mean, he gets to like hang out, go on vacation, show up every so often, let his scouting department well, do all their and you groundwork know, for and the And you know draft. a guy like Urban Meyer is using it against Michigan by saying, well, he's not going to be here. I mean, if you're going to go to Michigan, Always. Harbaugh, you know he's not going to stay. All right, oh, we're yeah. in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. We get ready for the kickoff of the Alabama-Auburn game. We'll be all over that. Plus, why today is one of the great days in my entire life. Coming up next. <laughs> Harbin and Papinga, great news. Quick way for you to save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com and in 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on your car insurance. I want to thank the crew today. For Nick, well, Nick, this is it. Uh, we wish you the best. It's been a quick couple years, Steve. I, you'll see You'll see me around. I'm not going to be gone forever. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure, been, Nick. Nick. You've been phenomenal, by the way. Thank you, Brady. Been You're- a pleasure. Hey, Brady, by the way, you every week. Hanging out with you, your takes, all your previous <laughs> NFL knowledge. It's been great, Brady. Thank you. you. <laughs> Got to get sure. my ball washing out of the way there, Brady. I'm, I'm, no, I'm, I'm sure that all my takes, have, uh, you've agreed with every single one of them. And I appreciate Nick reminding me You're just great, how Nick. old I am because he's been listening since he was a child. I appreciate it. Well, Thank Steve, I, 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 I walk around this, old, this town, this Los Angeles town, and people know who Steve is. Hartman is. Well, if you've been around a long time, that's usually what happens. I, it, it's great when I, m- almost everyone I meet now gets nostalgic <laughs> with me. You know, it's like, <laughs> that shows you're getting up there. Which right? I love. I love that. Thank you so much. Well, Nick, all the best. Uh, David good, Gascon. Way to be. Way to be. Dead. They uh, resolved their differences today. and uh, Well, the mistake I made is I called him just an update guy, and he's yeah. not. No, I mean, he is a play-by-play guy. Yes. He has that extraordinary low baritone voice. Got it all. That can be used in a lot of different things, and I, I never once wanted to condescendingly say that you're just that because he's not. Mm-hmm. He's he's so much more than that. Just as all of our guys here are extremely talented and love Extreme. their takes, even though we always don't uh, agree. No, we never rarely well, that's okay. do. That's okay. That's now, part of the show. Is everybody gets a diverse when you listen to us, you're going to get a diverse take on a bunch of different topics, and that's the beauty of it. Uh, Ohio State final 31-20 over Michigan. Again, 14-14. And then one guy I do agree with today, Robert, Rob, our producer, as we celebrate today the start of the Chip Kelly era at UCLA. All right, so make a prediction, Rob. How many years before UCLA gets into the Pac-12 championship game? 2019. 2019, two so years. two years. Two Woo-hoo! years to get into the oh, Pac-12 man. championship Here's game. Here's the expectations. Right, Josh well, Rosen would be hosting its MVP award by then, Brady. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> no, man. He'll be a Super Bowl champion there by you then. There go. All right, so. I hope you guys are now, right. Now, one of the reasons that I have been so hyped on Chip Kelly really is you, Brady, because in the entire time that we've worked together since Chip was in the I'm NFL. I'm a big fan. I'm a big you, fan. You are more than a big fan. You are you are a champion that Chip Kelly's not just a coach. He is a revolutionary coach. He's a game-changing coach. So now that he's returned to the college ranks, <laughs> where obviously he had tremendous success at Oregon and yeah. completely changed the dynamic of offensive football uh, at the University of Oregon, should we expect the same at UCLA? I mean, I, I'm, I'm excited because you've always been telling me this, yeah. this isn't just another coach with a winning record. There's oh, plenty of those guys. This is a game-changer. 
Yeah, well, everybody listens to music now in when they practice. I mean, I'm, I go to the high school. My right, my kids. Uh, he does little league football where they're practicing right next to the high school kids. Guess what? Listen to music. Why they practice? Where does that come from? Chip Kelly. You go to the NFL. Every team now listens to music while they practice. Why? Chip Kelly. You see fast-paced offenses. You watched Tom Brady against the Oakland Raiders last week, didn't yep, you? Yep, yep, yep. Fast-paced. Boom, now boom, they boom. had a uh, like different gears, different speeds. And that's where I like to see Chip Kelly evolve. I like to see his offense be more diverse in speed, not always just go, 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 go. Well, unlike the NFL that seemed to be back. fighting Chip Kelly along the way, they always oh, yeah. were going against him. He will not have that problem well, at UCLA. The problem was it wasn't the – yeah, it was internally. He Intern- always they, they had issues with uh, – like when he went to the 49ers, Balky did not want to get him his guys. Right. And he's like, dude, I mean, I need to, you know, my guys here if we're going to do this. And the, the thing that I find so laughable – Still to this day, oh the NFL the, the the rhetoric is the NFL figured out how to defend Chip Kelly's offense, which is the most asinine thing I've ever heard in my life because the college world faces that offense more than any other more than the NFL does by far. Right. And even in the college world, defenses still haven't figured it out. Right. So how can you tell me that you can go to the NFL rank? Oh, they figured it out. Look at the quarterback ratings of everyone oh he has, starting with Nick Foles, Sam Bradford. He never had a good even quarterback. Even Colin Kaepernick last yeah. year on that lousy team still had a, a passer rating of 90. He had the best of his career. And it, I mean, that's the thing, too, is he never had a legit good quarterback. Mm-hmm. He had middle-of-the-road guys that, yeah. like you said, with Nick Foles especially, made him look I mean, superstar for a way while, better though. than he really was, yes. you know, and it's, he's got a good scheme. He, he teaches it well. It's very simple. Uh, the key for him is defense. Who's he going to bring that in That is going to be the key because offensively they're going to get it done, but uh, they have no defense right now. And they, the, but they're going to be stressed. They're going to have to defend more plays. Chip Kelly could care less about possession. But at care Oregon, about, they wasn't like I mean, they had defense, dynamic defense. Remember, no, they, 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 the, the amazing thing about Chip Kelly teams at Oregon, they were last in the nation in time of possession. Everyone always looks at that. Oh, that's the key stat. Not really. Not at Oregon. They were last. Yeah, they don't care. About they that. scored quickly. They went high speed. They didn't care. They no. were just going to go for it. Even when they would be up, you were like, well, are you going to run out the clock? No. no. We're just going to keep we're running. Just, our yeah, we're going to score more points. Yeah, we're just going to. I mean, <laughs> we're going to win it by. You're up two, yeah, but three up touchdowns instead of being up four. So, or uh, two. But, I mean, you can't. You got to have some defense. I mean, you can't just oh, yeah. think we're, we'll outscore everybody. Well, here's the thing. Not only do you need defense, but also you have to have a mentality that's a physical mentality because. Right. What kept happening to Oregon when they'd face a team like Stanford, who's physical, yeah. is it was like, oh my gosh, what is this? I don't even know what kind of game this exactly. is. Exactly. Because all season long, all training camp, off season, they've been practicing against each other, against fast-paced, finesse-style football, and all of a sudden you go play a power team and you're in another world. You know, you're not used to it. So he needs to do two things to evolve. He's got to have more balance in terms of power mixed with his finesse game. He's got to change up the speeds, and then he's got to get a defense that can – so you want can, him can to talk a Nick more. Aliotti out oh, of yeah. retirement. Aliotti's the guy, man. So He's Aliotti guy. was at Oregon for 15. He goes all the way back well before him. Yeah, but, I love Aliotti. Uh, but he retired after the 2013 season. He's phenomenal. I'm telling you right now, he's phenomenal. I would call him up. I'd, I'd call up the trade issue. And by the way, Aliotti was at UCLA for one year in 98. Remember when they had that 20-game winning streak going out there? They're pretty good with Mr. Bobby Toledo. So, So in other words, you're saying national championship (laughs) immediately for UCLA. Immediately. (laughs) 
CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Doc Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club.